Ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime. Prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. Why in the world am I sitting back and being quiet about this? Matt Hayes. Suck it up, Buttercup. Mia O'Brien. My nose just decided to start bleeding. And Leon Searcy. Now you're yeah. just talking to Tom Fuller. Yeah. Yeah. feel like just just cranking on a Friday because that's what Friday's all about. Get cranking. Get ready for the weekend. It is playoff football for your Jacksonville Jaguars. We welcome you in to Players Grill Mandarin. That's where XL Primetime is hanging out for the next three hours. We're right here on San Jose, and it's where the neighborhood meets, so you can drop on by, enjoy a good lunch. If you want to come on in here, we've already seen the Cersei sampling uh, because he has loaded us up with uh, delicious offerings from the appetizer menu. I'm not even going to go over them because we got a bunch of them, but we got a bunch of other things to get into today, and hopefully if you can come on by Players Grill Mandarin, we'd love to see you, uh, and they definitely will love to see you when it comes to Jaguar football. Sunday at 1 o'clock, the old poor to you score will be in full effect here. Now, we've got this game. We've got other <clears> games we're going to get to, but we're going to spend most of our time on this game. Now, Leon, I keep trying to dismiss this game like they've got this, and I know that's a fool's idea yeah. of, of this rivalry. It really <clears> is. I'm going to admit it because you keep telling me, no, 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 no. Yeah. Not going up to Nashville. It ain't going to be easy. No, no, you, you can't take this game for granted. The Jaguars this week should be preparing for like a playoff game. It absolutely is a playoff. It's going to have a playoff atmosphere. I'm sure those people in Tennessee, they're going to show up and show out. They're going to, they're going to be loud. They're going to be noisy because the Jaguars are coming to town. This is a team that last year sent them home disappointingly uh, from the playoffs, and we're coming into their house, and now they're hoping to send us home disappointingly as well so I mean we have Lane Bishop on earlier and you know I, I love Lane but you know he was poor mouth he was he was poor mouth the whole time I was just listening to him he was like oh woe is me we're here we can't cover we can't block we can't do this you know he he's a part of the he's a part of the fraternity don't 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 buy it he would love nothing more for the Jaguars to come in there and get an L yeah. all right so I'm hoping that the Jaguars stay focused stay intent Jump on this team early because here's the thing. If you let a sleeping dog lay, if you wake him up, he's going to bite. It is true. It is true. And we've got the championship wrestling belt on the line, Battle of the Bills yeah. between 1010XL and 104.5 The Zone. And we will have Mickey, the other half of Blaine and Mickey, on in just a little while. And we'll find out whether he's poor-mouthing or not. Which, speaking of our friends at 104.5 The Zone, number one, of course, we follow them. They're our good buddies. We work with them. They've helped us get our YouTube channel off the ground running. Um, Every single show on their live stream this week yeah. has featured a similar headline. Is this the end of Derrick Henry? Yeah. Derrick Henry's farewell. Yeah. Derrick Henry's birthday slash farewell tour through Nashville. And so that's something that I think really we need to touch on. It'll be big. Honestly, yeah. it, is, like, it is the that's biggest the story one thing, for them. That's the one thing that I look at and I say that is where this team that's one, two, three Cancun could get inspired. That yeah. is the, the one thing. And I think Ryan Tannehill's potential last game as a Titan, you know, factors into that as well. Yeah, but they're ready to get rid of him. They right. Ready to it's get rid the Derrick Henry. Henry piece of it. Yeah. That For me, mm-hmm. that that's something that's very significant. But, boys, we're seven minutes into the program, and we need to address the elephant in the room. Big Sirs, I didn't see your tweet. Neither mm-hmm. did the rest of the multimedia team, or at least no one brought it to my attention yeah. until about 1030 this morning. But it went viral last night. Tell us, what did you tweet last evening? Well, I mean, I, I tweeted, I, I, tweeted uh, I got a box of cigars for the O-line, but they just shut, 
Arden Keys up. I'm, I'm just tired of <laughs> I'm tired of Arden Keys. You know, Arden Keys uh, thinks that he has a, a profound, more of a profound effect on this city than he really had. Okay, you played a couple of years. You were a backup. You were you were a defensive guy. You're not Calais Campbell. We don't care that much about you. And I just heard his mouth before the season about how he was going. This was a revenge, and how he was going to make them, how he, he was going to make us regret not signing him, and all this other kind of stuff. And then I hear the interview that you posted on Ten Ten, where he's talking about, yeah, you know, I would love to get a, my, you know, my career sacked against Jacksonville in this last game or whatever. And I was like, you know what? I'm just tired of this guy. <laughs> I, I, I really am. I, I, I really am. I, so I, I just put it out there that the offensive line, you know, make sure he don't he don't get what he's trying to get this this game, which is. A sack. Which here's the thing: as bad as your team has been, yeah, as as dysfunctional, as disarray that your team is, all you thinking about is your career sack record that's against it. the Jaguars. Yeah, really. Yeah, I mean that. That's just how selfish, how selfish and immature is that? Why aren't you talking about the fact that you want a team win going out to see a very disappointing season? Exactly. And you want to do whatever you can to help this franchise win a game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. No, you're more concerned about your career sack total than this team actually winning the game. And I was just like, you know what? I'm fed up with you. I, I, I will, I will send a box of cigars to the bank. To the old line, if they keep him from getting the sack. Round of applause for Big Cersei. He's doing what he can for Duval, making sure <laughs> that those players are motivated. And the thing with Key is that, yeah, he is focused on the individual <clears throat> accolade yeah. instead of the team. And the thing is, is that, you know, you always talk about Cabo and, and they, those guys checking out, and that's the only thing he's concentrating on. Well, you know what right he's now. like? He's like you at the club, at the bar, having a drink, and your ex coming in. She want to talk about why they y'all not together. I'm just trying to have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you you know yeah. how are you here? We've already made that. We've decision. already made that decision. Why are you here? I'm trying to enjoy a drink. You know what I'm saying, Matt? Hey, just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. I don't want to talk about this. Exactly. I'm trying to enjoy You're in drink. that villain, ain't in this villain exactly. anymore. Oh, it's for those who haven't heard it yet, JJ, I did email it to you. Uh, this is courtesy of Kayla Anderson, who hosts the morning show 104.5 The Zone. Catching up with Arden Key yesterday, mm-hmm. and it was funny because it starts with just her. And then another reporter comes over and says, yeah, you know, it's it's still really, like, it, it affects you, like, that, you know, you and the Jaguars. So, uh, J.J., once we cue that up, uh, let, let's have a listen to Arden King. Um, I'm really fucking on a career high. Um, really, I need one more to get my career high, um, and it'll be good to get, a, get it against Jacksonville. Yeah, there you go. You, yeah. uh, you still feeling like you need to uh... – Make him pay a little bit. I mean, I mean, you were excited, uh, felt disrespected by them last mm-hmm. offseason. Now an opportunity to knock them out of the playoffs. How motivating is that? Uh, real motivating. Um, but yeah, it's 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 still it's still there. Um, but hopefully we can go out there and get a win. Yeah, after all he built here, he just wants to destroy Duval. I don't hey, come on. Right. Uh, but uh, look, uh, that is a guy that's uh, you know full attention on his zeros and his stats and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't care. I really don't. Yeah. But the challenge that you put out there is that this football team needs to look at them yeah. as a team that's in their way. And that's the only way to go about this football game. Yeah. And listen, we don't miss you. I, by the way, I mean, we have a Josh Allen who has 16 and a half, mm-hmm. and we have a Trayvon Walker who has nine. Yeah. We don't miss you. By the way, he had no sacks the first time yeah, we exactly. played. Exactly. He had two exactly. tackles and one assisted. Come yeah. on now. Yeah. All if right. anything, I saw an article this morning when I searched Arden Key's name. Yeah. We were making some graphics for the, the social media pages. Mm-hmm. 
And there's a headline from Music City Miracles, I think the outlet is. Where has Arden Key gone? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And look, that's straight. You know, that, all right. I, I just do not want to spend. Yeah, that's always yeah. I don't want to spend too much time yeah, on him. But, yeah, 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 he is the villain. He's the guy that you can easily kind of focus your energy on. That's Party, sure. we may need to clip that, yeah. uh, that Big Sirs monologue. We may yeah. have JJ clip that for you oh, because uh, that was – we need, that, we need that smoke. Yeah, I love it. I love it. All right, so you guys can join in today. We're at Players Grill Manor, and you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010. You can go straight to YouTube and search 1010XL. You can find us there. We are streaming live from Players Grill Mandarin, so you can offer up a comment there. But it's the hated Titans. You should need nothing else to motivate you. And this is, I think, going to be you know one that don't think you've got it, even though I admit that I think they're going to end up on the dub side and, 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 and basically – sweep the Tennessee Titans, which is not easy to do in back-to-back years. That's what they are playing for right now. And what else are they playing for? To make it to the postseason in back-to-back years. The first time that has happened in the 21st century. Mm-hmm. First time it's happened. And I, I, I was trying to think of the slogan, you know, since, uh, since Cersei's days. Okay, that's how far back we're going. That was the last time this team went back-to-back to to the postseason. And in that case, it was back-to-back-to-back-to-back. And you'd like to see the same thing happen uh, with this football team. All right, so jump in. Have a little fun with us on a Friday as we get it going. And we're going to look at the rest of these games and try and give you some saucy nugs and some bold facts about other games that are going on. But you've got Saturday football. You've got Sunday football. And we will know between the Texans and the Colts what goes down Saturday night, mm-hmm. and then ultimately what Jacksonville needs to do to make sure that they take care of business. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of Trevor Lawrence getting back on the saddle and playing a clean game, Matt. I think this is probably one of the things that I think most people are looking for is that, yeah, he's been banged up. He's been dealing with a lot of different things. If you go through the litany of injuries and you can go knee, ankle, head, Shoulder, now finger. Give right. him the finger. Uh, all those things that he's had to deal with, he needs to play a clean, disciplined football game. Yeah, I, here's the thing. We don't know if he's going to play, mm-hmm. okay? I don't care if he plays or doesn't play. They're a better team. They have a better roster. Yeah. Go win the game. Yeah. Go win the game. Everything's on the line. You want to get in the playoffs? You want to try and make a run? Go win the game. E- even with C.J. Beathard, they're the better team. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think at some point that's got to be your mindset because apparently you, you won't know until – he starts to rip it during warm-ups on Sunday, okay, whether he's going to play or not. So if I'm the Jags, I'm going and they're saying, we are the better team. We have the better roster. We dominated them the first time around. Yeah. Let's go up there and get the prize. The prize this time is a spot in the playoffs. And I think the other thing is that you've been in the locker room talking to these guys, but I think Doug Peterson – and these guys need to marry up the idea that we need to play with an intensity level. We need to play with a physical uh, uh, level that we haven't reached in the last month of this season. They need to turn the wick up on both of those. And I, I think we'll play some sound from the locker room coming up a little later in the program. And I actually meant to clip it this morning because I had a great conversation with Zay Jones on Wednesday. And, you know, I brought up when he hears Mike Vrabel, what he thinks of, and also this notion that this Titans team could be thinking about Cabo. And his response, I think, was very poignant, and he said that's disrespectful in the National Football League to suggest that someone is not going to show up on a Sunday, Mm. and especially a team that prides itself on physicality like the Tennessee Titans. And so I got the feeling that this this Jaguars team, to everybody who's panicked that they're going to overlook the Titans, I wouldn't worry about that. For me, the bigger concern is can this Jaguars team start out fast because they have won – 
every game in which they've had a halftime lead, they have lost every game in which they trailed at the intermission. That's well, a saucy yeah. nug, probably. Well, well, here's the thing. You don't have to worry about a guy, you know, showing up physically, but mentally a lot of those guys have folded the tent mm-hmm. and, and they're focused more on the offseason. Not, not only offseason, because a lot of guys I know in my era, they didn't want to be hurt going into the offseason or free agency in the offseason or wherever it may be. The younger guys have more of a tendency to want to uh, they have to audition because, you know, it, it, what, whatever happens with the organization, you want to either be with them or have some film to where you go somewhere else. So, I mean, you don't have to worry about guys showing up physically. Mentally, they, they, you, that's what you got to worry about, guys folding their tents, not being in tune mentally. So, I mean, that's the coaching staff yeah. as far as the, the Titans go. That's the coaching staff's ability to get these guys focused in on the fact that give me one more game against a team that we don't like yeah. that's trying to get in the playoffs. So that's what that's what concerns me is that a team you don't like trying to get in the playoffs that cost you an opportunity to get in the playoffs last year. Yeah. So there's going to be some revenge factor going in. And the fan base, I, listen, I guarantee it's going to be a packed house. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely going to be Although a packed Although I'll just house. tell you this, uh, like we said earlier in the week, the, the packed house ain't happened too often up there mm-hmm. uh, in Nash Vegas these days. We're talking about a bunch of empty seats. Now the son-in-law who will rise in the power rankings if his team falls to Duval, uh, I will Is he taking will, that into consideration? I he he needs them to lose <laughs> to move up in the power rankings. I will move him up, but I already told mm-hmm. y'all, young Hyla is going uh, – to the game as a Jaguar fan, uh, proud, wearing her teal and black, and she'll be all fired up and ready to go. But there will be a bunch of empty seats in that stadium. They ain't filling that bad boy up uh, nearly as much. And I'm, I'm expecting mm-hmm. a lot of Bold City Brigade, Teal Street Hooligans folks, you know, Duval Till We Die folks that are going to be up there in Nashville. Uh, I already heard from, you know, a handful that are already up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're taking it in. Of course, they're soaking up Broadway and all that, uh, all the other fun uh, that goes on in that city. But, yeah, there'll be a lot, I'm hoping, a lot of Teal in that stadium. Yeah, yeah there's tons already up there from what I've seen. And uh, I can tell you from having to book our own travel for 1010 because myself yeah. and Hayes will be up there. A lot of seats suddenly were flying off of uh, the southwest.com. Oh, I don't doubt it. Mm-hmm. listings uh, on, uh, from, on Monday I, and sun, on Tuesday morning. I heard from Brother Celia yesterday uh, at Kid Rock, and they were already taking it in. It may have been, uh, you know, him uh, with a, a bit of an entourage, and mm-hmm. I'm just going to call him uh, St. John's County Finest, and maybe even some of Jacksonville <laughs> Finest were up there uh, <laughs> rocking and rolling, ready to go, and honky-tonking is the way you do it on Broadway. So I, I can't wait, and uh, I know that there are going to be a bunch of uh, Duvalers up there. All right, you guys let us know what it's going to take to win this football game. That's what we're looking for from you, a bold fact today and we a bold prediction as far as what it's going to take to win this football game where do you see it coming from uh and what this football team can do coming out of this game we know the cleveland browns are locked into the fifth spot all right so we're going to go through the rest of the schedule but this team and this is also very hard to do leon the rival that you're facing should get your full attention Mm -hmm. but will they peek ahead because they think it's a sorry rival right now, and they'll start thinking about the Cleveland Browns. Well, well, I hope not. But I think the best thing that ever happened for this team, especially on the defensive side of the ball, is to see themselves play with the kind of intensity they played last week. I mean, you get six sacks, you do what you – you keep a team under 150 yards of total offense, and you practically dictating the game, the tempo of the game by the way you're playing. So I think defensively, seeing that I've, I've watched this Tennessee Titans offensive line is terrible. Okay, I don't. That doesn't come out of my mouth a lot because I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a, a, a lineman sympathist. All yeah, right, yeah, you yeah. know, so you, I usually give it, I usually give you the benefit of the doubt. But yes, if this team does not dismantle this team, pass rush wise, run run stuff wise, then I, I don't know. I don't know what to say because they did. This is the team. 
especially offensively, is the same caliber of the Carolina Panthers, mm-hmm. if not worse. Yeah. So, I mean, what we did defensively last week against the Panthers, we should be, we should damn sure be able to do it this Saturday, Sunday when we play uh, the Titans. So, two things to note. Um, Will Levis was limited in practice yesterday for the Tennessee Titans after not practicing on Wednesday, and I think that's important yep, because I think that, that certainly gives them a bit more, <clears throat> more mobile of a quarterback even if he has an injury to both ankles heading into this, right, uh, this week's 18 finale. Um, but then the other part of it for me that was so interesting from Doug Peterson's press conference this morning mm-hmm. was when he was asked about what are your big keys that you got to watch out for besides stop the run, which is, of course, the obvious. And he said the trick plays. They got us with the trick plays mm-hmm. in that earlier matchup this season. And obviously the, the outcome had all but been decided in that game when Jeffrey Simmons scored and the one questionable did chase on bring Will Levis down, should it have been a roughing the pass, or he mm. throws the touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins. You know, th- th- that was so interesting to me, that that was what Doug Peterson took away from that first matchup and thinks you could see in a we're playing with house money game from the Tennessee Titans. Well, if you see that kind of stuff from a team offensively, that means that they, they structurally, uh, schematically, they don't feel that they can beat you heads up. Mm-hmm. When you see teams doing all that stuff, they, they trying to score on it because they know that if they line up toe-to-toe, head-to-head with you, they can't score. So you, when you see that all that kind of stuff that's going on in the game like that, they, they just, you know, they just, they just whistling in the wind. What, like Matt Hayes whistling said, through the graveyard. Whistling yeah. through the graveyard. And, and the other thing is is that it drives you a little crazy when you see Press Taylor mm-hmm. or Doug Peterson, for that matter, call some of those trick plays when, they, when they're not, not necessary. necessary. <laughs> just trying to be cute. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and you've just made a big play. You mm-hmm. just moved the sticks. Uh, yes, yeah, first and ten, but you just gained 20 on that play, and then you run the reverse and you lose 12 yards. So it's not like you're going to get two first downs. You went from first and ten mm-hmm. to second and 22. And so that can happen in a hurry. They do need to be careful when it comes to those play calls, and I think they're going to be a little more disciplined. And what we have said this entire time, and, and, and we, we know it has to be true, is that Trevor Travis Etienne needs to be a big part of this game early, mm-hmm. early, to give Trevor an opportunity to get back and have a pocket he can work with. They've got to be able to prove they can run the football. Mm-hmm. And if they can do that, then they've got a chance to maybe you know, keep the bodies off of them, keep the keys out of the backfield. All right, so let's look at this one as we go along today and then all the other ones. Um, The way the Browns game works, and I want to say it's about a a touchdown line right now, at least that's what I looked at uh, last night, is they're going to rest a lot of their starters. Cincinnati is who they're playing. That's obviously a rival, but they're going to be resting people as much as they can, including Joey Flacco, and they're going to have Jeff Driscoll under center. But when you take a look at the storylines, Cincinnati, how hungry are they? How much do they want to win this football game? Is it just all about beating the Browns? Or are they trying to prove that they, you know, like Jake Browning. Jake Browning's got some things to prove mm-hmm. that he mm-hmm. needs to uh, at least have a spot on a roster uh, in the National Football League based on the way he played. Do they want to keep him? So, anyway, you got that game with not a lot on the line uh, for the Cleveland Browns, so they're probably going to be sitting a bunch of dudes. The Steelers against the Ravens. Steelers are playing. Mm-hmm. They are the favorite uh, and considered to be the team's going to win because Baltimore's going to be resting a bunch of their guys. San Francisco and L.A., an- another couple of teams that are already locked in and resting some people. We've got to look at some of these other, other games. Buffalo and Miami. What's going to happen down there? Buffalo doesn't go down to Miami very often. And you know it because you were down. You were part of that franchise, Leon, mm-hmm. just for a little, little, little bit of time. Yeah. Just, just for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quick yeah. sneeze. I chew. <laughs> but uh, Buffalo going down to Miami is not easy. Mm-hmm. And especially with, with Miami 
feeling like they obviously they can play for the AFC East. There's a lot to play for uh, in that game, and that will also shape the way the playoff picture looks. Yeah, Miami's reeling a little bit because it, actually that game was only yesterday. I was watching it, the, the, uh, the game against the Ravens. I mean, yeah. I mean Miami went toe to toe early, but then the Ravens it just got away late with that. defensively, offensively. The, the Ravens were just on another level. So I mean they've they've got some um, they've got some stuff to do. You know, because no one wants, like like you said, no one likes to be leaking oil going into the playoffs. So, it's some stuff that the, the Miami Dolphins aren't doing that they were doing earlier on in the season that they need to fix. You know, uh, formationally, schematically, run, well, run the ball-wise, protecting-wise. Then Tyreek Hill was hurting that game again, and then you got Waddle out. I mean, so, it, it, this is for the divi- division title. And the, and the Dolphins right now at home, they seem to be a lot better team at home than they are away. So if they lose this game, they might have to be on the wild card and travel. Yeah, whoever. Yeah. And so <laughs> you definitely have all the possibilities out there with the teams that are still alive, the teams that are going to play spoiler, whatever it might be. Uh, let's do a bold fact right now since we're bringing up some of these teams. JJ. Here's a bold fact brought to you by Bold City Brewery, Duval's first craft brewery, online at boldcitybrewery.com. I love uh, John Party. You know, we call JJ the DJ on Big Hair Heavy Metal Friday where we can get some rock and roll suggestions coming his way. But uh, John Party's playing DJ over here. He's just about blew the ears off. You know, these guys are they're getting in here in the noon hour. They're saying, you know what, order me up a cold pint. Uh, and he, he shook them right there. That hit the Richter scale. All right, Bold City Brewery. It's Duval's oldest brewery. Been around since 2008. They just celebrated 15 years. We were there the last couple of Fridays and had a big time. So make sure you head to the production house on Roselle Street. Get some of that uh, great craft that they've got going on or Bold City downtown, especially next week when you get ready for a playoff game at the bank. Yes, 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 I said it. All right, now we mentioned how good Mike Tomlin has been through the years. He's been good enough not to have a losing record. Is that good enough? Like we always argue, you're good enough to get there, but then you don't do a whole hell of a lot. Well, he's led Pittsburgh to a 500 or better record each of his 17 seasons as the Mm -hmm. team's head coach. That's unbelievable. So here's the question, all right? It is now the third longest streak uh, as far as 500 or better seasons by a head coach in NFL history. Guy at the top is Belichick, okay? The guy at the top is Belichick. 19 consecutive seasons uh, where he's had Mm. winning seasons. That's incredible. All right, but Mike Tomlin, who did he just pass, and who is his third two right now? In other words, who's number two behind Bill Belichick, and who did Tomlin just pass? Tom Landry. Tom Landry. Tom Landry, yeah. Yeah. All right. Tom Landry. And you're saying that's number two, right? I'm saying that's Tom Landry. Excellent work. Excellent work, Big Sir. Sting him up because Tom Landry is number two on the list. He has 21 consecutive seasons from 1965 Mm -hmm. to 1985. Mm -hmm. All right, so who did Mike Tomlin just pass? Hmm. And you're going to have to go back in time, I'll just tell you that. Mm, Back in time, okay. Um, Is it? Hmm? George Hollis? I was going to say Hollis, yep. Oh, my gosh. This is, uh, now, listen, <laughs> even though you said it after, Matt, you can take – you can give yourself a – but Leon just – he just good. hit a home run He's twice. A, he, listen, this is how you know <laughs> yeah. he's locked in. Yeah. Titans week. Yeah. Titans week. He yeah. is just killing it in the bold back in. category. All right, so Georgia – Plus, you me, got uh, a fancy shirt on, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got yeah, an yeah. event to do. Sir All dolled up for Players Grill, baby. Yeah, yeah, right. Sir and Matt get both of that. But George Hollis had 16 consecutive seasons. This is all the way back in the 30s, and he did it again in the 40s and 
60s. Uh, and so he had the third longest, and now Mike Tomlin has moved past him with 17. And we'll find out because right now the Ravens yes. are going to lay down. So, bro, bro, that's rare air right it there. Is, it that's is. That's an altitude that some people can't breathe in. Yeah, I always say rare is rare, and that you got to give them some credit for that. All yeah. right, we keep it rolling. Players Grill Mandarin, where the neighborhood meets. Drop on by, get you a cold one, uh, order up some good lunch. They've always got great menu items. Uh, unveiling that pizza over the last uh, month or so, and you can check it out here. Or don't forget Miramar, uh, which is over on Hendricks, or the Oak Leaf Plantation, where the neighborhood meets. This division can be ours. But one team stands in our way. I hate the Titans. Shoot, we all remember 99. At some point, you get sick and tired of getting punched in the mouth. It's our time to take back the AFC South and knock the king off his throne. Tonight, we show the world who we are. So get on your feet, because it's prime time, baby, in Duval. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. Yeah, you know, that was the easiest thing I ever did in my life, to be quite honest with you. Because my distaste for the Titans, it came out emotional, very emotional. I hate them. I hate them. And it's great. When I was re-watching it this morning and I sent it to the group chat, and was like, we have to start the show with it, Leon, or at least some segment with it. The the fact that they were playing for you on the TV, Jeff Mm -hmm. Fisher, and that line about, well, some could argue we've played in five home stadiums. If you want to argue the Jaguars stadium has has been a home away from home for us. Yeah, he's a jerk, but go ahead. (laughs) That's all I I mean, emotionally, like I was six, seven years old at the time. And, like, I felt it. Like, what a slap in the face. It was. I mean, I mean, he was arrogant. He was cocky and all that kind of stuff. And, I mean, he, he was truthful, to be quite honest with you, unfortunately. But, yeah, you know, that 90-19, listen, I, it, that, that's, what, that's what frustrates me so much about the Titans is because that 90-19 was the best team I had ever been on in my career. It had everything. Career. And I went to a Super Bowl with the Steelers. Yeah. That team right there was a symbol to win the Super Bowl, and we so, didn't get it done. It had Let, everything. Let's pair that, pair that together. That Steelers team, though, went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Why did that team make it to the Super Bowl? Why did the Steelers team go to the Super yeah. Bowl? Well, I, I tell you what, it had a lot to do with the loss to Jacksonville in 95. Because I remember when we, we were embarrassed. We were, we were literally embarrassed by the fact that we lost to Jacksonville in 1995. And we were off that game, called, that was our third game losers. We won three games. Oh, that was your third loss. Yeah, that was our third third loss in a row. That was on our three game skid. We were like three and four. And then I just remember Coach Cowell saying, look, listen, we're going to turn this thing around. We're not going to panic. We're just going. And we went on the run and we went on a nice little playoff run. Next thing you know, we're in the Super Bowl. You know, the one thing about the Jaguars, they can take credit for getting teams to a Super Bowl because <laughs> exactly. they motivated them. They did. And they motivated the Broncos because you know what I, happened I, yeah, after abs- they abs- after you beat the Broncos. Absolutely. I mean, when we beat the Broncos in 96, just like when I was with the Steelers, the Broncos were embarrassed to lose to us. There's no way that They Bronco, thought it impossible. They thought it was impossible. The Broncos that year were, what, 14-2 and two or something yeah, like that? Yeah. Crazy. They had the number one seed locked up, and we came in there and dismantled their whole season in, in one game. And then the next year, we had to play the Broncos again in the playoffs, and they destroyed us. And they won back to back. <laughs> and they won Super back Bowls. to back. Yes, they destroyed. But us. you bring up the point from your run with the Steelers. Mm-hmm. There was a three-game losing streak. It was. There. It was a three-game losing streak. Uh, and, and 
And I just remember Bill Cowher saying, hey, listen, don't panic. But no, first of all, I mean, our coaching staff, our, our individual coaches let us have it because we did not play well in that game. They let us have it. But then we got back to the business of being who we were, tough-nosed defense, run the football, play action. That's all we were. And right. we focused on the little things. And next thing you know, we, next thing you know, we got a six-game run. You know, we won six out of seven games. And the last game of the season was against Green Bay. And we had locked up the number two seed, so it didn't even matter. And um, we lost to Green Bay. But when we got into the playoffs, man, we just made this nice. We beat Cleveland, and then we beat the Colts. We beat Jim Harbaugh and the uh, AFC Championship game. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm reminded between that anecdote and what Tom Coughlin said on the Frangie Show during the J-Fun Radiothon of that Giants team that won the Super Bowl in 2008. Mm-hmm. They lost four games in a row. They snuck into the playoffs as a six seed. And so, like we've been saying all week, you handle your business in Nashville, you get into the dance, that four-game losing streak, mm-hmm. all but forgotten yeah. once you get into the playoffs, is it not? Yeah, it is, absolutely. I just remember that when Tom Coughlin first took that job with the Giants, I remember Strahan used to call me and say, bro, is he like this all the time? I said, yes, bro, you've only got the beginning of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just beginning. It's just beginning. Well, we are just beginning here on a beautiful Friday at Players Grill. This is XL Primetime. Mia O'Brien, Josie, Matt Hayes, and Leon Searcy, John Party, keeping us in control here at Players Grill Mandarin off San Jose. You could stop by and say hi. They got tons of food of whatever variety you're into, pizza, pints, if uh, liquid lunch well, is, you know- is your preferred method of lunch we already got the potato skins the fried pickles and so much more thanks to big sirs so make sure you stop on by you say hi you get some lunch of your own some good news from down at the bank outside of the miller electric center as trevor lawrence is indeed throwing at friday's practice as our good friend mike DiRocco of vsbm points out a little bit longer throws than yesterday which is what doug peterson said we'd need to see if he was to start on sunday because all you're talking about this is where radio doctor takes over i learned this all from from geo uh with the bari breakdown (laughs) is that is that you're trying to uh, play without limits, which means you need to be pain-free. It's a pain tolerance thing. They can put some lidocaine. They can do a couple of different things, whatever they choose to do. But to be able to have that full throwing motion and not – because what happens is when you fully extend, boom, you start to – coil you recoil Mm -hmm. because it's painful and so if he's doing that with that long throw that's actually a real well i want to ask you just a quick question Uh, would he have a compression something on his shoulder they they kind of give him a little bit more torque or whatever well, it may I don't be. Know, like like when baker mayfield had his shoulder coming out he, mm-hmm. he had to have surgery on it afterwards he that was kept, his left too yeah, wasn't it yeah no it was his throwing shoulder it was i'm pretty sure it was because we, we can look it up but i'm pretty sure it wasn't mm-hmm. and basically they had they basically had to keep putting it back in place finally you know they had the strap and all that stuff on there yeah. and it just didn't you know they basically had to shut him down he had to have surgery after that but in the case of of trevor like Derek Carr played with an AC joint sprain earlier this year, low grade, and he was able to play through it. So that's really what it boils down to, gotcha. is can you play through the pain? So Trevor Lawrence expected to be questionable for this game. What will Will Levis' status be? Let's head up to Nash Vegas and get some more insight from our friends at 104.5 The Zone. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. All right, we got a man, Mickey Ryan, Blaine and Mickey. We decided to double up with the afternoon fellas on 104.5 The Zone. Mickey, what up? How are you, man? Oh, you're going to make me follow my own co-host, the 10-year football expert. Wow. Yeah. 
Well, listen, we, we split you up 24 hours apart just so you wouldn't have too much pressure. But Leon will be the first to tell you that that was a sandbagging so-and-so, uh, Blaine Bishop. But let's get your take as we started off uh, because you are on top of the Titans uh, you know, all days. Uh, where are they at physically and mentally in terms of going up against their rival and, and, and making this a game? Oh, boy. Well, you would think anybody who lost their playoff berth thanks to one team would love to return the favor the next year. And as, you know, Leon would know, playing so successfully in the league for so long, and as you guys all know from covering the league, these are some of the most competitive humans in the world. You know, I always say challenge them to a ping-pong game or pool and see how competitive any of these fellas are. So I think they'll compete hard. Um we haven't heard from Grable. We're probably about an hour out from his final. He does a little media scrum on Friday, and he'll answer a few questions, and then eventually he'll just look at somebody and go, just ask me who's out for, you know, Sunday. <laughs> so we haven't gotten that yet. You know, I heard you guys talking about Trevor and kind of where he is. Will didn't practice uh, Wednesday, but then he practiced Thursday, and he looked like he was moving around pretty well. So they seem – some of us wondered, okay, if he's beat up, will they just shut him down? And they haven't done that yet. Then he got hurt in the game last week, and we all kind of wondered, because Mike speaks every Monday, gosh, will they just shut him down? And Mike's like, if he's healthy, he'll play. And if he can't play, Ryan Tannehill will play. So Levis was moving around pretty good yesterday at practice. By all accounts, they practiced during our show or, like, right as we're getting started. But I, I think if they feel like he can protect himself – against an offensive line that really none of us could protect us, you know, ourselves behind, they'll probably try to let it go. Mm. Now, Mickey, this this may be the last hurrah for uh, yeah, Derek Henry. I mean, could, could you see this these guys in the locker room playing the Spire football knowing that this may be his last go-around as a Tennessee Titan? Leon, I will tell you this. I think that's the only reason that anybody around here has any interest in the game. I think everybody that carries their butt out there to watch a, a terrible team, not your team, our team, to watch a terrible team on a cold Sunday in January, they want to see one last hurrah from Derrick Henry. And I would imagine, not knowing what his future is, for your listeners, his contract is up, so none of us know what's going to happen, but we kind of feel like we know this will be it. Leon, I would imagine his teammates will rally around him for their greatest motivation that they've had in weeks. All right, Mickey, I'm kind of dovetailing off that right now. So when Vrabel went after Gentry Estes earlier this week, I, I almost felt like it was he knew that locker room didn't really want to, didn't care about this game, and he was trying to do something to get everybody ready for this game. Do you kind of see it the same way? Um, I could certainly see Vrabel doing that. You know, he's an emotional guy. You know, we all joke around here, Vrabel would never – he won't, he won't say the word rebuild. It's like the episode of Happy Days where Fonzie couldn't say, what was it, I'm sorry, or there was one word he couldn't make himself say. I don't think Frable would ever say that. I don't think Frable would ever be sorry. I just aged myself for all your listeners. Yeah, you did. Um, Yeah, you did. But Well, you know, I'm still not as old as you yet, Joe, so I'll get there one day. (laughs) Um, I saw, saw, uh, was it Mia's post that you're coming in on a cane or something? So we'll get into your disabled. I'm in bad shape right now. All right, we'll get into your disabled list coming up. But uh, I think Grable was talking to his team. I think he was talking to the town. 
I think he was talking to naysayers and everybody on Twitter who said, you know, they're going to quit or they're not playing for anything. And honestly, Gentry's question was more along the lines of, you know, why is the win important this weekend? I think, and I haven't been able to talk to Gentry since he asked the question, but we were all kind of speculating, you know, he's a local newspaper reporter. He's a conduit to the fans. And I think his, maybe what he was aiming for was, you know, you're wondering, what are they still playing for? And Grable just quickly put the kibosh on that, you know, came off the top rope with a ladder on top of the top rope with his response, man. <laughs> We're talking with our man Mickey Ryan, 104.5 The Zone, up in Nashville. You can definitely follow him and check out uh, Blaine and Mickey Afternoons uh, on their station up there. And, and you know, we're, we're wondering if there's any friction between Rand Carthon, who comes in to basically revive the roster, and Mike Vrabel, who, you know, like you said, still kind of an old-school cat. Uh, what is the relationship between those two and the longevity of those two uh, co- coaching and, and, and working together in personnel? Well, you know, to be honest, Joe, there was a – and you guys, you cover the league and, and cover this division, all of you, you know, as well as anybody. So we all saw what happened last year. There was an obvious power struggle between John Robinson and Mike Grable, and Mike Grable won that power struggle. And they literally, you know, fired John Robinson with, what, five games left in the season. They fired a general manager with time left in the season where they could still make the playoffs. You don't really often see that. So I think the thought going into this year was no matter who they hire as general manager, Mike Grable has the power now. So, what, uh, six weeks ago or so, there were some articles and things linked out of New England that they could make a play for Mike Grable and that maybe he wasn't as happy here as, you know, with the power scheme as some might think. And everything kind of dies down, but within the last seven days, multiple reporters from multiple outlets have essentially said there's a power struggle and Mike Grable's not happy. So testing the waters here, you know, every market has those two or three grizzled newspaper veterans that seem to turn over a rock and, you know, they'll find something like this. Nothing local has come out about it. None of us has gotten any of that inside information. So if he's unhappy, No one locally has gotten their hands on it. But I will say this. There is a lot of smoke nationally, and there seems to continue to be more. And the most interesting thing about this is you've got people from all different outlets and who have ties to all different markets. And, you know, there was a draft guy, Chad Forbes, and he's more linked to the draft. And, well, he would have access to agents. And then you had a couple of guys from ESPN, including Jeremy Fowler, who ended at this, and Dan Graziano, and you had Mike Lombardi, who's been around the league a long, long time, and he said this. So we're not sure what's going to happen, but it does make you feel like there's got to be something going on somewhere or somehow. Well, one note I want to make, Mickey, after Mike Vrabel's impassioned speech earlier this week, the line shifted from three and a half to five and a half in Vegas for Sunday's game. It's actually now back to three and a half in favor of the visiting Jacksonville Jaguars. Number one, I'm curious where that money's coming in on. Maybe some of those national folks, or at least the folks in the desert, are buying what Mike Vrabel is selling. But, you know, we've talked so much about the deficiencies of this Titans team on the offensive line. What is the strength of this team? I mean, the obvious is Derrick Henry, but what's another path to victory that you could potentially see besides the emotional from Mike Vrabel and, of course, the potential departure of Derrick Henry? 
but to me, this roster is deficient in so many places. and They're beat up again like everybody is, but I think they've got 13 guys on injured reserve now. Uh, you know, they traded away Kevin Byer. They're the safety position. Leon is probably the next guy they're going to call to try to get him to come back and maybe play some safety, him and Blaine Bishop. Cornerback position is beat up, although uh, you know maybe Sean Murphy Bunny can play. Demo- uh, uh, Harold Landry and Danico Autry have really been the brightest spots on the defensive side of the ball. Jeff Simmons has been out for weeks now. You know, if those guys can be disruptive, that would be great. You know, offensively, I, I can't tell you. DeAndre Hopkins has been a really nice, just a really nice addition to the team. And he practiced, you know, there was all the stuff about he doesn't practice. He practices. There was all the stuff about he'll miss games. He hasn't missed a game. He's going to play all 17, barring some type of catastrophe. So, you know, it, it could be disruption on the offensive line. But one thing about him is the Titans don't really turn the ball over. They got four interceptions on the whole season. There are people who have twice that many by themselves. You know, there are teams with, what, 20-ish on the year. So they would have to get a couple of turnovers. I don't know. They, they haven't been able to do that. Last week, our color announcer on the game basically said, in any meaningful snap today, this team did not win. So that's what we've been looking at around here. Wow. So, Mickey, I mean, despite no matter the outcome of the game on Sunday, I mean, is there any reason for any optimism going into this offseason for the Titans? You know, Leon, if they could find five of you, they would be in great (laughs) shape. Because going into last year, we all spent the whole offseason saying, oh, my gosh, this offensive line is a disaster. They've got to fix it. Well, guess what? They didn't fix it. And so this year we said, surely – we made the mistake, guys, of saying, surely it can't get worse. And guess what? They rebuilt the offensive line, and you're not going to believe this. It actually got worse. So if they don't fix the offensive line, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. He's going to get hurt. It doesn't matter who the running back is. He is going to be hit three yards behind the line of scrimmage on more than half of his carries. And those are things that we've been seeing. So if they don't fix the offensive line, I don't know what in the world's going to happen next year. Probably a whole lot of the same stuff, and we'll be having a similar phone call, you know, week 18 next year. Mickey, what's what's the deal with Peter Skaronski? He's just not a tackle? So he's just now a guard? They wasted a top pick like that on a guard? Is that really what it is? There have been a couple of, like, you know, former offensive linemen type guys, like, who are still in the market who weighed in on it. They all say they still have confidence in him to be a guard. But I'll tell you, we asked till we were blue in the face. It's so bad at tackle. Will you try Skaronski? Right. It's so bad there. Will you try Skaronski? And, and they've never said yes or we're giving it a thought or we'll give it. I mean, their actions, whatever their words were, their actions tell you the answer. They don't think he's a tackle. Now, maybe he's worn down some. Maybe the people around him are, are so bad that he's trying to fix other problems while not minding his own business. But I don't know. I it, there's still optimism well, for him, but it has been a really rough last month for Peter Skaronski. It is, I mean, Mickey, isn't that on Carthen then? That, that's a bad pick. Well, maybe on Vrabel there, Matt, because we think he really has all the power at this point. Wow. I mean, we, it, I, I, I am convinced, and I don't know if Blaine said this to you guys or not, but I, I don't want to speak out of turn for him, but, I mean, I think we're all pretty convinced this has turned into a, other people can say stuff, 
and other people can, you know, bring their ideas and put them on the table, but that, you know, Mike winning out against John Robinson pretty much made Mike the guy to make all the decisions. And maybe some of the discord that's being hinted at behind the scenes, and I, again, we're only left to speculate it, it is, is Rand Carthon trying to gain some of that power. So what you're saying, Mickey, is everybody who thinks that Mike Vrabel is the heir apparent to Bill Belichick, well, Bill's got all the power up in New England, and we've seen how that's gone. And now we could be seeing a situation in Nashville where Vrabel has all the power, and it's heading south in the same direction. So that's where my question is, if he goes up to New England, how is that then even an upgrade if they're both in the same exact pot? The only thing I can think about is this. You know, Robert... Craft have seemed to just let Bill Belichick do what he wants now for however long. You know, there was a power struggle there. Well, who went to Tampa? Tom Brady. Who stayed? Bill Belichick. So I, I think if Vrabel does wind up in New England, that it is all Robert Kraft saying, hey, this is my guy. I got to rekindle that friendship when he came up for his Hall of Fame induction. We've all seen the videos and the pictures and how happy they looked with each other and what a you know monumental day that seemed to be for everybody. I think Bill Kraft, or Bill Kraft, Robert Kraft, Bill Kraft is a guy from my hometown, by the way. I think Robert Kraft <laughs> is, whatever happens with the Patriots and Belichick, we will all have our answer pretty soon. Because I think if Vrabel would want to be anywhere, he would want to be there. I mean, that would make the most sense to me. So whatever happens with Mike Vrabel, I think we will have a really big indication pretty soon after the season based on what happens with the Patriots. Now, maybe they just hire Gerard Mayo and keep it moving. Maybe they want to completely change everything they do with an outside voice. Maybe that's what, maybe that's what Kraft wants. But, you know, Vrabel turned over about 40% of the roster last year. Well, are they better or are they worse than what they were last year? Yeah. So yeah. we're going to get another – we're going to get another off season of this configuration if he doesn't leave. And there are some people who say they'll turn over more than that this off season. And there are players like, I think there are guys they're just going to run off who still have time left on their contract who don't even cost much, much less, you know, they lose the big cap hit for Tannehill and the big cap hit for Henry. So, I mean, I think the team that you see take the field on Sunday here is not going to look much of anything like the team that, other than the quarterback, is not going to look much like the team that you're going to see the first time the Titans play the Jags next year. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Mickey, you're the man. We appreciate it. Mickey Ryan, 104.5. You can find him on social media. Of course, playing in Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. By the way, I did want to go full Cosmo Kramer on you and come up there with the Technicolor dream coat and the cane and just uh, you know take on Broadway. But with the pace that I'm walking at right now, Mickey, I'd only hit like maybe three bars and it'd take me 12 hours. I mean, I just was not equipped to go into Broadway with that full steam like I, like I normally do. So I will miss it, my brother. Joe, here's what we need to do. Just get up here. We'll limp you over to one of those bachelorette, you know, trailers that carries around mm -hmm. you. Ladies yelling, woo! And you pedal pub. have to walk. Yeah. As long as I don't have to pedal either, okay? All right? We got a deal? Hey. Mickey, I, yes, I need sir. you to go on. I, I need you to go back now since you guys have a similar format to us on the YouTube page. I need you to go back and watch the show. Scroll back and just see right now as Joe is saying goodbye to you. He has the cane up right now. I can old see it cane. on the video. <laughs> so the old lady cane, the evidence is in the it's in the pudding. <laughs> Thanks, brother. I will, I will absolutely check it out. Hey, happy new year to you guys. Thanks for having me. 
All right, man, be good. All right. Uh, and, and again, I don't know whether – let's carry this into the 1 o'clock hour. They're both crying poor, so I don't know whether that's legit or not. I think that's it is, trap, actually. Bro. It's so a trap. <laughs> it's uh-huh. not a trap. Sure. They're a bad yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, are you, are you talking about the Jags right now? No, no, no. no the Titans are, oh, the the are a bad yeah. team. They are a bad team. Yeah, they're poor mouthing They should up go there. up there and win no matter who's playing quarterback. I, it doesn't I to- matter. I totally agree. Yeah. All right, we'll keep it going. We head into the 1 o'clock hour. Let's head into the 1 o'clock hour, but first and foremost, we can't go into the 1 o'clock hour without addressing, since nine of you have sent it to me on social media already, the Ritz Crackers account on X uh-huh. at 11.16 this morning posted a cracker with what looks to be Trevor Lawrence's hair and headband, the headband the with, famous. with the cracker logo and says, why am I getting the sudden urge to scream Duval? <laughs> oh, he must have signed a deal with him. Good so, uh, yeah. hey, I mean, is that an announcement that he's playing? I don't know. I think it may be an announcement of an endorsement deal. Either way, it's a good way to kick off a Friday and Titans hate week as the Jaguars get ready to head up to Nashville this weekend. A big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. You know, we got anthems on XL Primetime. We'll have our anthem as we go out today with Big John and his call to Duval. Uh, but smoking in the boy, boys' room, the remake, it's just one of the best. And I usually like to go to the vintage, but remakes aren't bad. And uh, I definitely like that. So, big hair, heavy metal. We like all of your rock and roll suggestions on a Friday. Get yourself fired up for Friday and for the weekend uh, and hit us with them as well. You can hit uh, JJ the DJ 641-1010. We are hanging out at beautiful Players Grill Mandarin. You can come in, get you a great lunch. You can get you a cold one. Don't forget, pour until they score. will be going on here Sunday at 1 o'clock when they get everything rolling. So all you Jaguar fans, come on in where the neighborhood meets. Uh, now, we were asking for bold predictions earlier, and we'll get into a couple of ours that we think could play out. Uh, but Here's a bold prediction. Bush Drive Rich coming in. Tank Bigsby and Antonio Johnson have a day. Tank ends with two touchdowns and 126 all-purpose yards. Let me tell you something. If that happens, uh, I will guzzle one. Uh, Antonio has a pick, a sack, and a huge hit on Derrick Henry. So, uh, Bush driver is coming in one, uh, coming in with one. So if you got a bold prediction, hit us with it six four one ten ten. Let me tell you something. I don't think Tank. Uh, how long, based on what he's done so far, how long would it take him to get one hundred twenty six yards <laughs> for this football team? Another whole season. Uh, it, uh, based on right now, I'd love to see it honestly. And, and we talked about it last yeah. week. Give him work. Let's find out what you've got, As obviously, as long as he doesn't cough up the football. That's what I'm most curious to see, and we will see it from the jump, regardless who the quarterback is. Yes, this isn't the Panthers team you faced last week. This team has a much better pass rush and defensive line, although this time last week we were talking about Derek Brown, we were mm-hmm. talking about Brian Burns, so maybe not all that different. But for me, it's going to be curious from the jump. Do they run the ball? On that opening series, Leon, Mm -hmm. do they go back to the weird behind the line of scrimmage, not even screens, just swing passes that go for negative yards? Do they try to push it too much? That is what is going to be most telling for me. You will see it from the jump. Are they okay with going down the field, even if, you know, it eats away six, seven minutes, and it only results in a field goal, but they run the ball nine times, they pass the ball six times, they get points on the board, they Mm -hmm. put Tennessee on their heels – 
And then that allows for that pass rush of Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker to actually start cooking because we know they are dedicated to stopping the run. And once you stop the run, with all due respect to, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, he doesn't have a whole lot else in that, uh, in that receiver room currently left standing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I tell you what I would like to see. I, I would like to see this team start with the run. Play to your offensive line strength. This offensive line is not a mauling offensive line where they're just going to come out, get them on the perimeter, get them pulling, traps, counters, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff where they're able to move them because they're athletic. They can move out in space or whatever. And, and, and give them a couple of screens, you know. Give them a couple, I, I, especially, listen, whether Bether or Trevor is in there or whatever, a, a good run game is a good friend to any starting quarterback or backup quarterback. So get the offensive line involved. My bold prediction is this. If Josh Allen don't get two sacks on this offensive line, there's a problem. Yeah. If he doesn't get two, he he has to get at least two sacks on this offensive line. I think the last time they played, he had what? Did he get three? Did he get three last week? He had three last week. What about the team? How many should the team get? Five. I'm going four and a half over under. I'm going five. I'm going five. You're going under on the four and a half? No, four and a half over under is my number, so I I like where he's going. You're taking the over. I'm taking the over. I'm I'm taking five. I'm going to go four. I'm going to take the over. I think they're going to go four. But but if you can get one interiorly, Mm-hmm. And then you can get one from either side, mm-hmm. you know. Then then Allen has a chance to get that second one, or, or you know, yeah, how you get a blitz. I mean, Roy yeah. Robinson Harris inside. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's been a force. All right, he's been, he's getting to look like the way he was last year about mm-hmm. this time. Mm-hmm. He, so especially last week when they played against the Panthers. So I, I, he he gets some push interiorly. Shows the corner for Josh Allen and, and Trayvon Walker. Trey Herndon off the edge. Absolutely. Andre Maybe a Cisco's little con. Getting healthy. Yeah, yeah you know, a little bring him con. Antonio you, Johnson. You, you got to affect the quarterback. And listen, man. you know Tanny. What's Tanny Hill's history with us? He's going to throw you one or yeah, maybe two. Yeah, he will. Yeah. And Will Levis may throw you one or two, yeah. too, for what it's worth, because he is a rookie. Um, for those on the text line clamoring, which I'm going to read one of them right now, because we want to present both sides. I know some of you out there are saying this is an easy dub. Don't overlook the Titans. But the better team should win, and there's some of you out there that are still panicking that this team is fraudulent and what have you. I do want to make a note. The weather in Nashville on Sunday, a low of 33, a high of 47, and it is expected to be sunny. They had frost there this morning. It was 27 degrees. Um, that weird Nashville winter weather that this we've heard so wicked. much about. It's yeah. currently 46 degrees and cloudy there. But it is expected to be sunny and 47 on Sunday. Now, I say that. 716 on the text line, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Beathard played his absolute best possible game at home in perfect weather versus Carolina, and he still could not score a touchdown. The entire season hinges on Trevor's right shoulder. Unbelievable they left him in the Bucks game after they were down. They had already averted disaster after the second Colts game. Do doctors say playing this week will hinder the recovery of the shoulder? It's not going to be easy to shut down the Titans. Not only Henry, but the other running back is good too. Titans were embarrassed last week, have a couple good pass rushers. They won't go down easy this week. I agree, Tajay Spears, good player. Last week he had six carries for zero yards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 Uh, I agree. Good player. He's on my fantasy team this year. Uh, you know, good player. And I'm not saying that he's, you know, going to be shut down for zero yards again because, like like this texter said, there is some merit to this team will be playing for pride, especially after being well, embarrassed also, in Houston. But let's just throw that into the ether as well. I mean, they won 25 nothing. Yeah. So, Beathard did 26. It, yeah. Okay, 26. Give that extra point. Right, right. They need it. They couldn't score a touchdown. They won by 26. Yeah. They, I, I don't way, care if he didn't score a touchdown. Who cares? Yeah, by the he way, didn't turn the ball over. Right. He didn't put the offense in bad position. Yeah. And they ran the, and they ran what they needed to run. Yeah, and they scored two touchdowns. Again, against a bad team. But guess what? 
This team's bad, too. Yeah, they, store, they scored two touchdowns on the ground, which they also haven't done very often of late. Since and the so, Cleveland game. Yeah, and so basically you do and you take what they give you. And C.J. Beathard, if nothing else, and let's make this the 10-10 take, uh, J.J., because honestly this is the part that I, I, I want the eyes of 16 to see. Now, Josie's 10-10 take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pit master since 68. You'll find them smoking it slow all over the first coast, so make sure you check them out, especially if you don't want to worry about cooking. Let them do the barbecue. And now, when I think of 16 on the sidelines, I see the headset. I see the flowing locks. I see them walking around and just basically observing. And I also remember that 90 minutes of football in the first half have gone by without this football team scoring a single touchdown. But I do think Trevor, with his eyes, at the very least, watched C.J. Beathard operate within the system. He did. Didn't reach for any big play. We know that. But we also saw him not make mistakes. And so if, if, if Trevor can pair that up with, okay, I need to be a little smarter, maybe a little less aggressive, and I need to be more accurate and decisive with the football. That's what I hope Trevor gets out of that C.J. Beathard game when he missed his first starts, first start in, in, in 50-some games. That's the 10-10 take. That's what I want because if he goes out there and they scored twice with Travis Etienne on the ground, get that run game going, and let's get a smart Trevor Lawrence under center making big plays. And Doug Peterson did say on Wednesday in his availability that he believes there was some merit. And, like, he said it, like, with such gusto, too, that it said to me that Trevor must have come away and said something to them about, ooh, I saw this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. Because he said there is merit to being on the sideline. He felt like Trevor did gain something. And that is not to say, since I know someone already called into Jaguars today and asked this, Mm -hmm. that's not to say you should be benching Trevor and he needs to learn from the side. No, no, no. This is just saying, and this goes in any walk of life, you remove yourself from the situation. You hear, you watch the operation without you, and then you go in with a fresh set of eyes. Yeah. I, I also think a couple things. I think he saw that take the profit. That's number one. Yeah. Okay? You don't have to always look downfield. That's an easy, that's an easy yes. change, okay? Yes. He also understands the turnover situation. I don't think he learned that from last week. And more important to the previous point, C.J. Beth is going to play better this week if he has to play. You don't play a game the first time you start in how long? Three years, four years? Okay. And then the next week you go out and play worse. Yeah. You play better. Well, most of the time. And, but you, you play be, better because the spe- you understand the speed a little sure, more. You sure. see the defense. Like, okay, you I'm see what they're it. throwing at you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's but, going to play better if he plays this but, week. But defensive coordinators also pick up on tendencies. They say, okay, we're going to take that away from him. Let's see what he can do. Uh, crowd he, noise. He is what he is. Oh, I know. You're not, he's not going to change anything. Look, he is what he is. See, I, I've always felt this way. C.J. Beathard, if you give him a decent amount of weapons, he can operate in a short passing game. He is never going to blow you away with his arm or his wheels, but he can operate. No, and, and most. Most backup have, NFL quarterbacks can right, do that. As long if as you have a good play Put in the right position, yes. Yeah, and, 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 heck, Gardner Minshew, for his part in all this, look what he's done up in Indianapolis. Does a he phenomenal try, season. Yeah, does mm-hmm. he try and drive he it and down? Because he and his play caller have yeah. perfect synergy. Exactly. They know what his limitations are. They know what he has to do to be successful, and, he, and he, they execute. He understands the offense, and he knows where the ball needs to go. And so that's the only thing that I want Trevor to get out of this mm-hmm. is to basically look around and go, and maybe he did see some things that he didn't see before and go, okay, now, now I got – and it's not like – 
hey, i got to get back in there or I'm going to lose my spot. I don't think it's that, Leon. No. I don't think it's anything close to that. I just think it's, there's nothing wrong with him sitting back and seeing some success offensively that now he can match. Well, it's like in, it's like in basketball terms. You ain't always got to shoot the jumper. Sometimes the layup's just as important. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's still two points. Yeah. You know, I think Trevor has to look at the fact that he doesn't always have to go for the kill shot. He's so. shooting threes, is that what you're telling he's, me? No, I, that's he's a Steph perfect Curry. analogy. Curry and he's chucking Steph, it up too much. <laughs> he's Steph Curry. No, but it's the perfect analogy, well, Leon, because the jumper may not be going. Yeah. Just take it to the hoop. Exactly. Just lay it up. Sometimes you, sometimes a layup is just as good as the jumper. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then I think Trevor well, then can you, well, it extends drives. Hey, it extends exactly. drives. It keeps the offense on the field, keeps the defense off the field. Absolutely. There's so much. There's so much advantage to taking the profit. You can go deep. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But that's why coaches stress over and over and over, take the profit because so much good happens when you take the profit. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it, it is so funny because everyone was begging for them to go down the field, then they started going down the field, and they started getting the ball picked off far too many times. You're right. Get back to what works. And I do think the play caller needs to be uh, cognizant of that too. Speaking of layup, if you can get Victor Wimanyama over this way, Leon, I'd be happy uh, to take that. Did you see that, cat? Oh, my. I saw it. Gosh, uh, going off. All right, real quick, i got to read this off the text line because we did play smoking in the boys' room. Keep it coming with some big hair, heavy metal, or for that matter, any rock and roll. Uh, smoking in the boys' room, true story, good friends in the 70s uh, with Nikki Six, saw Brownsville Station do that song at their local middle school. Nice. Uh, and then later after the uh, crew did the cover. So that's, that's cool. I like that. If you could see some, some cool throwback band like that that's awesome uh yeah keep it coming six four one ten ten on the text line designed by lifetime enclosures also want to give a shout out to our guy fan cam he's also sending us his bold fact on the text line six four one ten ten the number to reach us at or bold prediction not bold fact okay. we do Beautiful. bold facts you nooners out there you give us your bold <laughs> predictions fan cam's bold facts slash facts uh-huh jag starting edge rushers lead the league with 25 and a half the next highest duo is watt and highsmith with 24 the huge second season for t t walk with nine plus josh allen no more than seven and a half had no more than seven and a half sacks in his seasons two through four so it actually is a bold fact not mm-hmm. a not a bold prediction from fan cam but of course we're accepting both on the text line i think it is worth noting though the presence of trayvon walker the presence of having that second edge rusher that's what's opened up josh allen and that's why because i did see another texter ask this when we were talking about arden key mm-hmm. about who would line up for him on the offensive line anton harrison would be lining up with him that's where I think having Arden Key a year ago when Trayvon Walker wasn't fully at his, you know, the level he's playing at now, that's where it was important. I still think you're going to need that third pass rusher, but I think they're doing A-OK without Arden Key right now. <laughs> they are very well without him. Yeah. And and he's going, Arden Key's going to be on who all the game long? Probably Anton, Anton Harrison? Yeah. yeah, I would think it's Anton. I'll put my money on the rookie. And, by the way, it was pointed out that if you go with the their Skronsky versus uh, Anton Harrison winner, mm-hmm. Harrison. And so that actually also is a plus for this football team. All right, guys, keep it going. Uh, we want all your takes as far as what you think it's going to take for the Jacksonville uh, to dispatch Nashville up there. It's the Battle of the Vills, and we always like to do it with our championship belt between us and 104.5 The Zone. We will keep it going. Players Grill Mandarin, come on by. Uh, what did uh, Phil and Megan do? They, they created three places that you like to go to and enjoy. So look for Players Grill in Mandarin. They're on Hendricks in the Miramar Plaza, or excuse me, Players Grill in the Miramar area. <laughs> Area off of Hendrix, Players Grill Mandarin, and then Players Grill in Oak Leaf. Drop on by where the neighborhood meets. It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. 
gotten a couple suggestions on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. We need a couple more. Come on, folks. We are approaching week 18 of the Jaguars season, 641-1010. We need you locked in like Big Surce, like Matt Hayes, like Joe C., even with his cane. We need you on this big hair. Yeah. Heavy Metal Friday. So send us your song suggestions. We thank our friends at Players Grill for hosting us. It is popping here at the Mandarin San Jose location. So thanks to everybody who stopped by. I do like one of our uh, Duval Nooners. I come limping over there with the cane. He goes, gout? I'm like, what made you think that? Because I drink a lot of beer and eat a lot of protein? Is that what it is? Doesn't he see you eating the smoothies every day? Exactly. We eliminated that uh, as a possibility. But the witch doctor was also trying to prescribe me something for gout. All right. Uh, You know what? We've been talking a lot of Duval, a lot of Battle of the Vils, but let's do a little college football playoff here. Uh, And, J.J., if you don't mind, fire up a little Modella music uh, in honor of the official beer of the college football playoff. And let's get into it because we're talking. I I ran into – I'm heading over there saying hello to my American Electrical Gang. And Jennifer up front says, I am a diehard Michigan fan. I said, how did you become a diehard Michigan fan? She goes, well, I met this guy here in Florida. I'm like, okay, well, that I don't even need any more of an explanation. That doesn't make sense, but that is fine. So she's rooting on uh, the maize and blue. Uh, and there aren't nearly as many Washington fans out there. I think we know that uh, compared to the Michigan Wolverines. But there's a lot of love for them, Maddie. Uh, they are a four-point favorite right now. It's that classic Titan type of tilt defense versus yeah. offense. Yeah. Where, what, what are you looking at as far as the storyline in this big ball game? I mean, the storyline is Michigan goes, you know, I said this earlier in the week, they go how Blake Corum goes. And then, you know, once they can run the ball, then they just absolutely kill you with J.J. McCarthy mm-hmm. in, the, in the throw game. They're really good. They're very balanced on offense. Obviously, defensively, they're terrific. Um, they had Alabama guessing the entire time in that game defensively. They did. I got to give them Alabama credit. had no idea what was going on as far as coverages. Just formationally, what Michigan was doing to the Alabama defense was remarkable. Um, I haven't seen that. I talked to an SEC defensive coordinator this week for a story I wrote just today that he he, said he, he didn't think he's ever seen an Alabama defense so confused mm-hmm. that Michigan is not only are they doing things correctly as far as schematically, but, it, but the players are executing it to near perfection. So now you're in a situation where you're at a much – lower level defense I guess is the best way to say it at Washington but the reality is is if you struggle on offense in any way or shape or form Washington could be scoring then you're playing catch up and that's you know I'm not sure that offense is a catch up offense ah I think it's yeah. a great, great now, that, point. That, now that's interesting you say that because the narrative going into the when when they we found out who the final four was going to be was that if you give Nick Saban 30 days to yeah. prepare for you then yeah. you're in trouble but and they've got film on Michigan unless Michigan did something different in the game that Alabama hadn't seen before. But if you got all this film on this team and what they do formation-wise and move and all that kind of stuff, and you still went out there and you were confused, then that's got to be an issue with the coaching staff getting those guys, the preparedness yeah, of the I, team. I think it's part that, but I also think it's part the way Michigan played. They, they were flawless in what they did as far as uh, uh, formationally and what they wanted to do as far as play-calling, and where they were set and how they forced Alabama into bad decisions. A great, a great example was that, was that long throw to, to Roman Wilson where they basically ran a high-low route and they were so uh, obsessed with the slot receiver that, that they ran a motion. They start out on a bunch on the right-hand side, okay, and they ran a motion which left Roman Wilson as, as the out end. 
and they lost him. They completely lost him in coverage. Yeah, and he just slipped about. under on the high-low, mm -hmm. and boom, he's right there, and he goes for 30 yards. Yeah. Well, well, if you watch that play, that fourth down and two inside the 35, where they were Michigan got it, the linebackers were pointing Their point, each, they Alabama, The Alabama secondary, the back seven, the linebackers, yeah. safeties, and corners, were all pointing during plays. Yes, yeah. yes, As yes. the play was going, they were pointing. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't say that about a Saban defense very mm -hmm. often, and this is classic you know, Harbaugh with all that NFL uh, stuff that he had to go up against offensively. Hey, he had to go up against NFL defenses, and that started to show up. But I can't get away from the simple fact that they got to Alabama. Michigan's defense got to Alabama. Sacking Milrow five times six in the first times. half. Total. Six, yeah, so, but five in the first yeah. half, yeah. and they only had a three-point lead. They held Alabama to less than 100 yards offense in the first half, and they only had a three-point lead. So let's just say they do that to Washington. Washington obviously needs to have an answer. If they get to Michael Penix and they knock him down, I do believe Washington's got enough Big play makers, big play. Oh yeah, let, let, let's call them dogs because they are the Huskies. Oh, yeah, that that can answer that bell. I don't think Washington against Michigan is going to have a hundred yards of offense and have their quarterback sacked five times. Well, my thing half. is, if this becomes a shootout, like you're alluding to, Josie, mm -hmm. if this becomes a track meet, has Michigan been in a track meet in the last no. two years? I mean, the closest outcome they've had all season was obviously the Maryland, or the well, the Maryland game too. Um, but the Ohio State 30-24 final. Well, they were in a track meet, right, track meet with TCU, TCU and they lost. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Last year in the playoffs, they couldn't yeah. play catch up. Yeah. yeah. Right, and so that's the one thing that I come back to. If Washington, akin to the Jaguars this weekend, if they get out to their early lead, if it becomes a blow for blow situation, Michigan's going to want to muck it up. And if they can't, what mm -hmm. do they do? So listen to these numbers, all right? Uh, and, and, you know, these are saucies, but, you know, Michigan right now, best scoring margin in the country, okay? They're beating opponents by an average of 25.8 points per game. That's nearly 26. Uh, and when they put the numbers together, Washington's won 10 straight games by 10 points or less. So both of these teams have had different paths to get here. Michigan has destroyed everybody. Remember, there was a time where they were scoring 50 and giving up 10 and set one of the new the new records uh, in college football for doing that. Do you but want me to Washington, run through the opponents they did that to? Yeah. Or? Oh, no, no, because we know it was just a bunch of – East Carolina, <laughs> I mean, UNLV, you know, Bowling yeah, Green, Rutgers, awful. Nebraska. And so I, I don't fear what they did in terms of margin of victory. I really don't. It goes back to our question. Can they answer a team that scores and scores and scores? Which I think Washington, at the very least, has a chance to get to double digits in both in both halves. I've got them, you know, 21 plus points. I would think they've got a chance to uh, to, to make it a game offensively against Michigan. Yeah, I don't know about that. You, that, are, that you have them less than 21 good, points, dude. I, I think I think Michigan's going to make a statement in this game. Is what I think. I, I you know I don't know if they're going to. Well, depending on what you think blowing them out is, I, I could easily see like a 31-13 game. Easily. Easily. Because it, once you get pressure on the quarterback, I get it. once you get Penix off his spot, then they're in trouble. Okay. Because they don't have that type of defense that can slow down Michigan. Then Michigan will just dictate tempo on offense. They'll score. Right. They'll force a turnover. They'll force a three and outs, and then they're scoring again. Like right now, the number's four and a half. The total is 56 and a half, Leon. Mm -hmm. So I think most people are expecting <clears> to <throat> go know, under. In, in, well, okay, yeah. 56 and a half is probably a, it probably is a bigger number. Uh, but I'm looking at the I'm looking at these odds makers respecting Washington's speed and their offensive line against that defensive front. Well, listen, I mean, I, it's styles and fights. 
Yeah, well, when I look at Michigan, Michigan seems the type of team that just want to body blow you. Line up with their offensive line, quorum at the running back, and just pound you away. Convert on third downs, make it a steal possessions from you by keeping themselves by controlling time of possession. Mm-hmm. Now, I see Michigan. And then I, I see I see Washington as a team that want to stick and move. Mm-hmm. I, you know, they you know they're not they're not interested in maybe, you know, pounding it away. They they're looking to go deep, they're looking to go for the yard. And and I, it just who's going to win that battle? That's what's going to be the very interesting about who's going to be able to dictate, right? Who's going to be able to impose their will on who? So just in remember the game this early and often. Yeah, just remember this. They gave up twenty to Alabama and went to overtime and had to come from behind to mm-hmm. beat Alabama. They were down two scores in that ball game. Okay, mm-hmm. and. I just look at it, if they gave up 20 to Alabama, and Milrow was not Milrow. He was not himself. We all know that. Mm-hmm. And, and now you're facing a Penix team with all that firepower? At least I like I, I, that. Well, my well Mil- Milrow wasn't Milrow because they made him not exactly, Milrow. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. But, by the way, Milrow before this was never Michael Penix. No, no, nor, he wasn't. Nor, nor were those battery of receivers. He, he wasn't, and I, and I get all of that. And, and you're right, Michigan hasn't faced a quarterback like Penix. Yeah. They haven't faced receivers, although Ohio State's were close, um, probably as good or better, actually, but without the quarterback, it's not the same pass game. So it's going to be different for them. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. But you saw what they did to that Ohio State offense. And, again, Penix is a better quarterback than McCord, but – don't think they can't pressure Penix into, into bad situations, too. McCord can't carry Penix's job. I don't disagree. However you want to pronounce it. I would argue outside of maybe Drew Aller, the best quarter, and then obviously Jalen Milrow, the best quarterback that the Michigan Wolverines faced this year probably is the one that just entered the portal in Talia Tagovailoa to his younger brother, arguably. Michael Penix Jr. is QB4 on many draft boards. He will be the best quarterback that they have faced all season, and that is where I think it will be their stiffest test. I also like what 910 has to say on the text line. Uh, can Washington center snap the ball on target? That yeah. may be the difference in the game. <laughs> hey, that is a great point. What's it, uh, that center for Alabama? That was yeah. the he, problem. He went into the portal. You yeah. know that, right? No, he did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he couldn't show his face in Tuscaloosa yeah. ever again. Yeah. And they sent some of those cars that they usually send to the, the NIL yeah. boys. They sent them to get him, to get him out of there. All right. Now, we got to uh, get ready to get you out of here, Big Sirs, and get Coach Campo in. We got to make picks coming up. Picks, mm-hmm. picks. Coach Campo's favorite time of the day and favorite time of the week, although he's currently entertaining the masses yeah, here he at Players yeah. Grill. All right, we got we got Players Grill Mandarin is where we're hanging out, where the neighborhood meets. Drop on by. You can drop on by this one, the Miramar location or the Oak Leaf location, and definitely get ready for some ball, including your Jaguars with a Sunday 1 o'clock kick in that national championship game Monday night. Now, the Otterson Wealth Advisors Risk-Reward Picks of the Week. Otterson Wealth Advisors, your goals, our expertise. He's going to give us the results as far as where we are and whether our leader we're cutting into it or not. We are hanging out here at Players Grill Mandarin. You can go to YouTube and check us out. Just search 1010XL, and you can look inside the walls of Players Grill Mandarin where the neighborhood meets. And then if you see the big bar, once you walk in, you got cold beer waiting for you and all sorts of great menu items. We have got head coach Dave Campo here as we get our picks ready. J.J., it is all yours, my bro. All right, first up. We have the Falcons at Saints. Right, wait, what what are the standings from uh, last week? Um, sixty four and forty for Mia, fifty seven forty seven for you, fifty four fifty for uh, Campo, Leon fifty three and fifty one. 
All right. He doesn't even save me anymore. Couldn't make a move. Yeah, doesn't even save my He doesn't even bring up Bad Haze. What's the story? All right, story? we got to go fast, Hey, guys. hey, hey. You right, used to be fast. number one. Pal. Right, Don't forget Falcons that. Falcons right, at Saints. <laughs> the Saints at home, three-point favorites. See, here's the thing. So it's in New Orleans or it's in Atlanta? At the Saints. It's at the Saints. The Saints, last week's win, I mean, but I also don't trust the Falcons. Give me the Saints. That's a quality breakdown right there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, just, <laughs> I was thinking the, the Falcons. Well, that was truly Saints. Me. All right, that was me in real time, like <laughs> analyzing the fact that I don't trust the Falcons. I didn't trust the Saints. You were arguing with yourself right yes. there. You know that, right? Yes. All right. And yes. JJ in real time. This is why you watch on YouTube. <laughs> and JJ said we got to go fast. I will take the Falcons. <laughs> Who's up? Me? Yeah. 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 Uh, l- listen, uh, you know, Carr is playing pretty good over there right now, which means this week he's going to have a down week. Right. So I'm going with the Falcons as well. Wow. Okay. I'm going to go with the Saints. I got yeah. the Saints to win. I'm with Coach Carr up and down, man. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the Falcons. Hmm. All right. I'll JJ. take the Saints. All right. Next up, Bears at Packers. Packers are three-point favorites at home. And the Packers need this one to make the postseason, and that is the reason I will take Green Bay. Although, hey, would love nothing more than for the the discourse surrounding Justin Fields versus selecting Caleb Williams or Drake May number one overall to continue. I think they will regardless of if the Bears pull off the upset or not, but I will roll with the Green Bay Packers. I'll use the uneven play with Justin Fields, and, and I'll take the Packers. I'm a Taylor Doll fan. Yeah. <laughs> and my son Tommy Campo. So I'm going with the Bears. Mm-hmm. The Bears. I am too. I'm going with the Bears too. Yeah, the Bears. I, I actually think Justin Field plays his ass off and the beloved Bear wins that yeah. game. And then all of a sudden, there's a lot of talk in the offseason, baby. What are you going to do? Are you going to keep him? What are you going to yeah. do? JJ? I'll just go with the underdog. Uh, anytime you can get points in a game like this where I think they're both pretty equal, I'll go with the Bears. All right, Steelers at Ravens. Steelers on the road, three-point favorites. I want the Ravens, obviously. I will take the Steelers because I would like for opposite to rule the day mm-hmm. and that they actually lose. I, I, will, I will sacrifice myself in that pick. For the good of the Jaguars, heaven forbid, although Doug Peterson said there's only one route for them to make the postseason. Yeah, it, it's gone down, which is interesting, uh, because even a backup bunch of Ravens is still pretty good against a bad Steelers team. But uh, i got to take Pittsburgh there. I, you know, uh, I want to commend you for me for, you know, that was a real sacrifice. Sacrificing myself. Well, JJ understand. told me I just got to go three and three to, to hold the crown. So, you know what? I will accept defeat in that one. I'm going with the Ravens. I, we need the yeah. Ravens to win this game. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going with the Ravens because, I mean, listen, the Ravens are they are not playing their starters, but they're the gatekeeper. All right? They're the determinate. And I can't see them just letting Pittsburgh in no, the playoffs. No, hell no. Absolutely. They're the gatekeepers. They're not letting Pittsburgh in the playoffs. The Ravens will win. Plus, the Steelers are kind of bleh. Yeah. Mason Rudolph, eh. Yeah, I think the Ravens are going to play hard. I think the Ravens yeah, win. They're going to win. Yeah. And Kenny Pickett said, I ain't bagging up Rudolph the Red Nose Rangers. <laughs> you heard him. You heard him. I don't oh, think AJ. a lot of guys are going to play. I'm going to go with yeah. the Steelers. All right, Texans hey, at Colts. Go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, are we taking this all the way to the Super Bowl? Yeah, we do every year. Okay. So all we right, only have you. probably, I think I did the math. Semi-correct. I think including this week, we probably only have around 20 or so picks okay. left. Okay, all right, I got you. All right, all right so on. Texans at Colts. Colts on, or excuse me, Texans on the road are a one-point favorite. 
I have concerns about Jonathan Grenard and Noah Brown being out. I have concerns about how banged up the Texans defensive line is. Colts are the home team. But I will take C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans because not only do I think they win this one, I think they upset the two seed. So long as the Jaguars win on Sunday and they're the four seed, the Texans become the seven seed. Whoever that two seed is, look out, especially if it's the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, it's just a one-point game, which is odd uh, for the Colts at home. I, I kind of feel like, ah, I want to take the Colts, but I'm going to go Houston here. Yeah, I want to take the Colts also, but I'm going with the Texans as well. Mm. I'm going with Minshew. Mm-hmm. Minshew, seven seed boy. in the playoffs. I love I your boy, Big Chew. I love I your boy, Big Chew, mm-hmm. but a better quarterback wins this game. I'm going with Stroud. Who says that Minshew's not the better quarterback? <laughs> hey, <laughs> oh. we would love yeah, the guy, the guy who's that. behind you in the picks. <laughs> Matt does. <laughs> I'll agree with that, Matt. I'm going to go with the Texans. I think they looked good last week. All right, last NFL game, Bills at Dolphins. The Bills on the road uh, on Sunday Night Football are two-and-a-half-point favorite. I said it when they headed to Arrowhead coming off of their bye, and I will stand by it. The Buffalo Bills winning out since their bye week 13. They not only make it to the postseason against all odds, but they will be the two seed. Two and a half. I wish it stayed at three. I was hoping it stayed at three. I'm going to take the fence. Listen, the Bills have semi-championship genes, so I'm going with the Bills. Yeah, on the road. Semi. Wow. It's going to be tough on the road in Miami. Um, but I think the Bills, they're the hot team going into the playoffs. I'm going to go with the Bills and Josh Allen. Yeah, I'm taking the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. I'm Dolphins at home, I'm liking the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, this is a tough one. Dolphins seem to play well at home. But I'm going with who I believe is the better team. Uh, no Waddle, right? I'm not even sure. Uh, and no Bradley Chubb, for they're sure. They're trying to get him back, but okay. definitely no Bradley Chubb. So I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with the Bills here. All right, last but not least, we have a national championship on Monday, folks. Washington versus Michigan. Michigan getting four and a half, giving four and a half, excuse me. Mia, who you got? The text line has pointed out now numerous times in the last half hour that Matt Hayes and myself, for what it's worth, picked Washington to get boat raced by Oregon. In the national, in the excuse me, the Pac-12 championship, the last time we were sitting here at Players Grill Mandarin, <laughs> I will not make the same mistake twice. I think the Huskies, at the very least, find a way to cover. Mm. Damn, damn! <laughs> I want to go Oppo, but I'm taking those <clears throat> points. I am taking those points. Mm. I, I go Huskies. Defense wins. I'm going with the Michigan Wolverines. Wow. Last time Washington won a national championship was in 1991, and they beat the Michigan Wolverines in the Rose Bowl. Mm. Ooh, they were study. They were the And none of these of kids us. were born yet. <laughs> That's right. You're right. right. Maybe Just, Michael Penix Jr. was. was you remember that? that team in 91, Leon? I believe it was. Was it Brew? It was Brew and Billy Joe Hover. Yeah, Mark Brunel was the quarterback, and Billy Joe Hover. I think they both played. Yeah. They both played in that game. Yeah. But I'm going with Michigan. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> because that was your pick originally. That was my original yep, pick at exactly. the beginning of the season. Yeah, You're going to get more hugs in the uh, 1010XL uh, lobby if you, if you, if you, if gonna, you go, I'm go with the I'm going to go with the best defense. Um, the Against team that, the best offense. A team that can run the ball really well and a quarterback that's hot right now. They're both hot, but J.J. is hot as well. Yeah. Yeah, I am. 
right. I'm going to go <laughs> you with You and JJ uh, Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with the better offense here. I, I don't know why. I just feel like Wisconsin's going to be able to just run up and down the field. Washington. Or Washington. Yeah. Wisconsin. They certainly <laughs> will. Be. Yeah, I was going to say next JJ. year with Tyler Van Dyke. <laughs> I tell you um, what. Van Dyke. Go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, what I saw from Luke Fickle actually made me think they could go up and down the field <laughs> next year. So I'm kind of with you a little bit. Or maybe LSU's yeah. defense was just yeah. that bad. Oh, they suck. Uh, so yeah. I'm going to go with Washington here. I think whoever wins this game wins in a blowout. So I can Ooh. see either team winning pretty big, but I'm going to go with Washington here. I, I, I love it because what I'm wrestling with more than anything else is just the simple fact that they – can counter with offense, and Alabama struggled to counter with offense. They had a little bit of a running game. If they, they could protect have, Penix. Yeah, yeah. If they, they the best offensive that, line that's in a the, good offensive line. Bro. I know Joe it is. award winning. I know it is. If the they Texas, can't, then no one else can. The Texas Longhorns had that big, beefy front that we're supposed to get to Michael Penix. And I'm telling you what, Michael Penix impressed the hell out of me these last couple of games. So I, I like it. Maybe I'm, you know, D.A. wrong, but. We'll find out. All right, I'm just the excited Anderson to have like advisors. a new, uh, a new yes. national championship right. winner. I right. mean, it was cool yeah. when we had Georgia; had been a first time in a long time, and Clemson, and now we're gonna have another one. Yeah, and, and they, you know, you know, the people in these parts, they can't imagine there's a world <laughs> where there's a national champion outside of the South. I Are you okay that, that we're at, we have a Big Ten championship, yeah. a national title game, Joe? Are you I, all right I, with I, that? I don't know, as long as it's not the Buckeyes. I, I guess I'll have to try and. <laughs> That's right. why we needed that Big Ten music. Thank you, 309, uh, for the Big Ten championship. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, you yeah, did. You nailed sad. it. That's pretty good. All right, Otterson Wealth Advisors, our risk reward picks are in the books. Uh, big. Uh, before you get ready for. Departure uh, in the fifth quarter on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Your last thoughts against the, those hated Titans? Uh, well, I hate them. I despise them. They disgust <laughs> me. I'm just letting that be known. But I believe the Jaguars are going to take care of business on Sunday, like they rightfully should. And they're going to win. I believe the Jaguars are going to win. I think that they needed the confidence of seeing themselves playing good again. Yeah. Even if it was against the lowly Panthers, it's still they still played good. So I think that's going to have some carryover to this week. You think they're runaway winners, or you like this three-and-a-half-point line of it being a little dicey? I, I think they're going to run away. I'm, when I say run away, I'm, I'm, I'm talking 24-10. Yep. Something okay. like that. Double, double digits. Double digits, yeah. 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 Double-digit right. dub. Yep. I'll take it all day. Oh, yeah. All right. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. You got and it. And then we will hear from you on the fifth quarter. Uh, coming up Sunday afternoon, along with our, our head coach. He will be there, both of you yeah, guys. Yeah. Actually, you guys will be right here, Yeah, right? <laughs> right here. Yeah, you're we'll right be here. right here, absolutely. Yeah, at Players Grill Manor. All right, Money, you you're out. Uh, he came in with a big app order for all of us. We've got plenty of great food. You can come on by and enjoy the great food as well. Players Grill Mandarin, along with those cold pints that they're pouring. Bud Light, you know it's up for grabs here where the neighborhood meets. We will keep it going into the 2 o'clock hour right here on XL Primetime. XL Primetime's Coach Dave Campo is brought to you by Bold City Heating and Air. Online at BoldCityAC.com. That just Happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Coach Campo texted me this morning at 10 a.m. looking for an update on who the quarterback would be for your Jacksonville Jaguars. He was trying to prepare the game plan. And for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Uh, right on cue as he sits down to join us for the 2 o'clock hour on a Friday edition of XL Primetime. We have news on the Titans front, Coach Campo. As Mike Vrabel just told reporters in Nashville that Ryan Tannehill will start on Sunday, ending rookie, rookie Will Levis's season as he continues to deal with that foot injury he suffered last week. Following an ankle injury he suffered about three weeks ago. And so as Dr. George Barry said on Wednesday on our program, a little bit difficult if 
both of your feet are compromised and your offensive line struggles as much as the Titans has of late. And Mike Vrabel, in expanding upon you know his decision with reporters, he really made it about the offense. I was just listening to a, a clip from Paul, Paul Kaharski up there in Nashville. And, Coach, you know what Vrabel really said was about managing the game. And he felt you know if it's about protecting the player – but it's also about putting yourself in a position to have some semblance of an offense. The Titans feel like Tannehill gives them the better option. Well, you know, I think they did the right thing with getting Levis uh, going this year because once it got to the point where it didn't look like they were going to, you know, uh, be a contender right. in the division, uh, they got him going. That's great. I'm a little concerned with Tannehill. I, you know, I, I get a little nervous when a veteran comes out there, especially yeah. when they're going into this game as a managing situation, he's probably a better manager. Yeah. Yeah. The it, one good thing is, though, he's not maneuverable, which yeah. I think gives us a little bit of an advantage with their offensive line. Like, he, he won't take as many chances because Levis is playing free. He's got an excuse, hey, I'm a rookie. I, right. I understand it. But the other part of it, Coach, and you have seen this uh, secondary give up a lot of passing yards. And at the very least, if he does get, just like you said, a little hot operating in the pocket, could be some problems. Well, the, the key is going to be the running game. I mean, you know, again, like I, I say this a hundred times. You've heard me a hundred times yeah. say it. You know, the balance is going to be what's important. If we can get them one-dimensional, I still feel good about it. Not so much about whether we can cover all the time. Yeah. I don't think they have great receivers, but Hopkins concerns you a little bit. Uh, but the, the pass rush, you know, the key is going to be that uh, he's not maneuverable if and their offensive line – to be honest with you, it's not a whole heck of a lot better than the one we just played this week. No, and that's, so. that's the key. For, I don't care who plays quarterback or the running game. If you dominate the line of scrimmage, that all that, takes care of it. Exactly. Everything just takes care of it at that point, and that's what they have to do defensively. They've got to, they have to be disruptive on the line of scrimmage, and they have to win more times than they don't, right, on the line of scrimmage. Absolutely. I think the one thing that's a little bit different is I thought last week they brought a few more people, did a little bit more uh, pressure, uh, with the young quarterback, you know, which I would have expected against the Levis. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you, you may be sitting back a little bit, but I think our front four should be okay. Yeah, the, the other part of it, though, is that that suspect offensive line will invite some opportunities. And if they, like you said, it's not like he is static, but let's just use C.J. Beathard as an example. He's, he's half the scrambler that Trevor is. He is not going to move fast, and he's not going to move often. And so I would think this defense, Mike Caldwell, if you're, if you're the D.C. and you're preparing, you're going to take some chances early to knock him on the ground, wouldn't you? Well, I think the whole key to this whole game is for us to get off to a good start, yeah. which, you know, is, is the same on offense and defense. You know, obviously I don't want to see them, you know, uh, him managing the game by going 15 plays for a, a touchdown or a field goal early in the football game. So they've got to – Listen, this is a playoff game. You've got to let it eat today. Last week you said, Coach, that if you were Doug Peterson and you won the coin toss, you would have taken the ball. Uh, They lucked out in that Carolina took the ball – or, no, excuse me, Carolina deferred, and so the Jags ended up having the ball to start the game for the first time it felt like in ever. And so I I think that there is some logic to that, making sure that they get the ball first and they get off to a good start. Do you want to also run through some of the other injury updates from Paul – or excuse me, not from Paul – via Paul Kaharski, but from Titans head coach Mike Vrabel. Again, Will Levis will be out of this game. It is Ryan Tannehill under center. They will also be without wide receiver Colton Dowell. Um, That's a real name. That's a real wide receiver. In case you were wondering, I'll run through the list of the Titans wide receivers, not named DeAndre Hopkins here in just a second. TK McClendon, one of their nose tackles, or should I 
say defensive ends also ruled out of this game. And so obviously, you know, as we talk about winning at the line of scrimmage, Matt said that that's the biggest thing. If you can win in the trenches, that's what gives you the upper hand. They'll have Danico Autry. They'll have Harold Landry. They obviously will have Arden Key coming off the edge. But outside of that, I mean, it's my old friend Jaleel Johnson from the Iowa Hawkeyes who was cut, signed, cut, re-signed to this Titans team. And that's about it up the middle. And so I'm curious, you know, we've talked so much about those two guys, three if you include Key, that can be explosive coach. Who else on defense do you say, ooh, that guy could wreck the game for the Jags? Well, I, you know, I don't think they have somebody that really you would say, hey, uh, this guy's, a, you know, the, the, the difference maker in the football game. I really think those two edge guys are the guys. You know, you have to make sure you can take care of them. If they don't get too much push up the middle, then I think we're in pretty good shape because either way, uh, the, the outside guys have more trouble when there's, when there's pressure. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, not know. only that. Jeff Simmons makes Autry better. Jeff well, Simmons makes Landry better. Oh, no question. And he's not there now. You're, I mean, you're not going to get blown up in the middle three, which has been their problem a lot this year, the Jags. I keep saying this. They're the better team. They have a better roster. Right. There is no reason for them to not go up there and win this game. Yeah, but I don't it, care who's playing quarterback. Yeah, it, it's funny, though. We've seen this team at home with a better team and a better roster. No, I not, get that. Yeah, I get that. But, there's, so, but this is yeah. there's literally a playoff game. Spot oh my on gosh, the line yes, in this game. Yeah. Oh. Well, I think what, Matt, what Matt's saying is correct from the standpoint that if they don't win this game, in my mind, they don't deserve to oh, be Oh, 100%. It's a colossal I mean, failure. This is a, this is a this better game. football team yeah. going there. But, again, uh, can they win the game? Absolutely. Right. But can they lose a game? Absolutely. Yeah, see, that's if, why they don't, if they don't pay attention to the little things and they don't execute and they and they uh, you know they don't play a clean game. Yeah, I, that's why I'm looking at at a double digit win. Okay, because they should be everything that we're talking about. They have enough firepower. The one other thing I'm real I'm really wanting to see is can this offensive line back to back weeks protect? Can this offensive line back to back week open holes for uh, right. Travis Etienne to operate in and create some creative plays on the edge to get him going. Those are the things that have to happen. Building off that real quick and to Matt's point, without Jeffrey Simmons last week against the Texans, which obviously the Titans were operating behind the eight ball basically from the jump in that game. But Harold Landry did have a sack and three tackles for loss in that ball game as well as five overall tackles. Danico Autry, one tackle. Never got in the backfield. Yeah, and he's a man too. Well, it's not not just their their offensive line's terrible. I mean, this is a line of scrimmage lead. Right, right. So that's why I, I, you honestly, if you, I, I keep saying this, and I'm, I'm going to go even step further. They should go up there and whip them. Right. This but should be like a game where you're like, all right, this game's over in the second quarter, just, third quarter. I just can't help it. Like I said, I think it's a, a comfortable win, but I can't help remind myself and people out there, all Duval, they've played five games and won one. They've had their physical toughness challenged five times yeah, and I agree. won one. I agree. Okay, and so now, now – and Leon said but if you've got any gumption in you, man, if exactly. you've got any kind of want right. in you, you realize the playoff game is right. there. You've got a team that you're better than. Just go up there and take care and of it. And that's why I opened it up, Coach, today, basically saying, I hope Doug Peterson challenges his football team. I hope Trevor challenges himself to play a clean, smart game and get back to what people expected of them. Well, I think, you know, I mean, what else are you going to do? I mean, this is it. Yeah. You know, it's a, right. it's a playoff game. This is a AFC South winning game absolutely yeah and, I, and I, you know again there's there's a lot of reasons why a team loses and the major reason team loses if you look back at the four game losing streak a lot of it was based on not being able to run the football 
and turning the ball over. Yep. Those two things they got to stay away from for mm -hmm. sure. They got to be able to stay with the running game uh, offensively, and and they have to pressure the quarterback. I mean that's and and really last week was a perfect lead up into this ball game. They got to be feeling pretty good about themselves as far as their ability to rush the passer, and that's that's important. Since I said I'd run through it, let's do it quick before we hit our first break of the two o'clock hour. DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, Chris Moore. Mason Kinsey, Kyle Phillips. That is the wide receiver room yeah, for the it Tennessee ain't a bunch Titans. Of goods. No Westbrook Akine. He's on IR. Kiaris Jackson on IR. Colton Dowell has been ruled out of this game. Yes, you certainly have Chigakonkwo at tight at the tight end position. He is always a threat. He has scored against the Jags numerous times. Josh Wiley, the promising rookie tight end, he is also on IR. It's kind of a common refrain. I know Mickey Ryan said it to us. Thirteen yeah. guys are on IR. Yeah. Uh, you know that's why I just look at this Titans team. And you know, one of our nooners just texted in coach and said, "Why are we acting like Ryan Tannehill can't move? He's still athletic. He still can move." I'm not sure he can move quite like he did in his heyday, and it's not like there's a ton around him outside of they'll just run Derrick Henry until the wheels fall off. Well, I think they're going to run the two running backs, and they're going to get the ball to the tight end, and Hopkins is always a threat. You know, you look at Hopkins. He's about catches per attempts, targets. Right. He's only about 55%. The guy's not a, a, a guy that's going to catch – 15 balls in a game. He's not that's, what he used to be is what you're saying. Exactly. Right. But he is a threat. Yeah. And that's what you have to be careful of. And I think we're playing better in the secondary. With, I think Campbell has kind of come back. Uh, it took him a little while to get back. Hopefully he's going to be okay there. And Willis is playing well. So And Rayshon's you know, shown up here a, a little oh bit. Oh, yeah. Late. Well, Rayshon is kind of a gamer. You yeah, know make I mean? a few more plays. Yeah, he, yeah. If, you know, in big games, he's played pretty well overall. So All right. We're we'll uh, going to stay on your Jags. you got a coach uh, <laughs> a question. You can hit the text line designed by Lifetime and closures at 641-1010. Uh, throw it his way, throw it our way, uh, or come on by Players Grill Mandarin. We also will touch on the college football playoff one more time, taking a look at some of the storylines like we did in the 1 o'clock hour. And we'll come back with Arden Key and we'll ask you coach he's more worried about individual stats than he is about the game so we will do that coming up on XL Primetime it's a big hair heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime 100% coach he is just over there having himself a big time. Dave Campo hanging out on XL Primetime in the 2 o'clock hour. He will be here at Players Grill Mandarin with Big Sirson with Hacker uh, with the fifth quarter uh, Sunday after a dub uh, up in Las Vegas. Uh, Joe C., Mia O'Brien, Matty Hayes, and Coach hanging out until 3 o'clock. And we appreciate all that have dropped by and then, of course, all that are listening out there in the land of Duval. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, I, I, JJ, fire up the uh, Arden Key comment because we want to play it for Coach because uh, honestly, and, and Coach, you've had to motivate players, you've had to coach players, uh, and you know you get to the last week of the regular season, and sometimes they're not thinking about we, they're thinking about me. I'm really focused on the career high. Um, really, I need one more to get my career high, um, and it'll be good to get them, get it against Jacksonville. Yeah, there you go. You, yeah. uh, you still feeling like you need to uh... – Make them pay a little bit. I mean, I mean, you were excited, uh, felt disrespected by them last mm -hmm. offseason. Now an opportunity to knock them out of the playoffs. How motivating is that? Uh, real motivating. Um, but yeah, it's 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 still it's still there. Um, but hopefully we can go out there and get a win. 
He ended at least. Yeah, he did end it with a let's get a win. But, I, uh, you know, Arden Key. Stuck the landing. Yeah, well, well you know, I mean, he, he uh, put uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars on the map. He built While this it city. was him, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of his attitude. He built the Buckman and, Bridge, no less. You know, sometimes that attitude is pretty good because, you know, you think you're pretty good. You, you know, you got a chance to be pretty good. But, you know, at this point in time, I would think that he'd be a little bit more conscious of let's get a good win and go right. home uh, with, a, with a little positiveness. You know, a lot of times free agency takes that out of guys. You know, it, it becomes about him. You know, when you're going between team and team and team, Sometimes it's just, you know, it's an individual thing. You know, you're trying to stay in the league, and that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, and so, I, like we said, we were going over it during, during, the, during the break, and the offensive line stats for this football team, uh, Arden Key wishes he was on this defensive line right. going up against that offensive line instead of vice versa. Yeah, and, I, and you know, uh, again, uh, now do I think that we missed – Key a little bit here. I think we did. Yeah. You know, I mean, the the guy's a third pass rusher. That's what he is. And that, you know, we want to stay out of third down and long. I mean, you know, you say, okay, you know, we've got to do certain things defensively. Offensively, we got to control the line of scrimmage, as Matt said, and not get into the third and longs where they can get those three going with Landry Autry and him. Yeah. That can be a problem. And, And you want, and that's pressure causes mistakes and and again we want to have this pressure coming from us not the other way around by the way i went to look eh, i guess mm, not awful i went to look at arden keys game by game so last week he didn't even show up in the box score right didn't have a tackle didn't still have got a sack the check. still got the game checks check still cleared against seattle the week prior one sack four tackles Against Miami in that dramatic win on Monday Night Football. One sack, two tackles. Against the Colts, half sack. And against the Panthers, one sack. We know the state of the Carolina Panthers. Before that, he went one, two, three, four games without a sack. Right. So and again, he's a down-and-distance yeah. guy, like yeah, you're saying, He's a down-and-distance guy, and he's, and he's got six uh, t- uh, sacks total, which is not uh, bad. I mean, you know, if you're looking at a guy right, that's coming a third off the pass bench rusher. or whatever. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, uh, I'm, I'm not really concerned with him. I'm concerned with the other two guys, and I hope I'm not wrong on that. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Uh, let me throw a bold fact at you, if you guys don't mind, one more. Uh, as we're talking a little National Football League, we still got to get you maybe to throw a prediction our way on the college football playoff. Here's a bold fact brought to you by Bold City Brewery, Duval's first craft brewery, online at boldcitybrewery.com. You can order you up a delicious Dukes here. You can find it on the shelf, whatever it might be. Killer Whale, Duval Light. You know I love the Mad Manatee and the Bold City IPA. They got them all. All right, now we mentioned the other one of the other big ball games in the AFC as everyone's trying to battle for playoff spots. Uh, Miami and Buffalo. Josh Allen, fifth quarterback in the Super Bowl era with a rushing touchdown in five straight games. Fifth to do it. One is an obvi. Okay, so I'll just put them out there. Cameron Newton. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he is at the top. He had five games, and believe it or not, he had five games in 2021. Okay, late in his career when he had five straight. But I need one, two, three other guys. Lamar's Lamar's an obvious, right? No, I only gave you the obvi. Michael Vick? I only gave you the obvi. Russell Wilson? I only gave you the obvi. Aaron (laughs) Rodgers? Nope. Five consecutive games. Nope. Prescott. Wow. 
fifth quarterback in the Super Bowl era. Jalen Hurts. Nope. Wow. Sometimes Blake I'm, Bortles. Yeah, the boat. I wish he'd have run more. He, he definitely <laughs> could have scored. Um, wow, uh, hang on, hang one on. One of them, if you, if you think of the skill set, you know, then you might go Avi. Randall uh, Cunningham. Nope. The go-to. Wow. Wow is right. I know. Tom Brady? Like, I don't know. Nope. I'm like throwing darts. I thought A.A. Ron for sure. Kyler right. Murray. Yep, there you go. There All there right, there's one. There's one. Hang you on. did it five don't, times. Don't run us off so quick, JoJo. Yeah, five times in 2020. <laughs> I'm just looking at the clock, just like everybody else. Exactly. JJ just screaming at the clock. Break. All right, whatever. Let's All right, hear so Cam did it in 20. It's hard to believe Cam Newton did this after Kyler Murray did it. Kyler did it in 2020. Cam did it in 2021. Oh, wow. Uh, and the one that I thought you might jump in on is Justin Fields. Justin ah. Fields, six consecutive games last year. And then this is the one that will get you. Five times in 2023. This year, Josh Dobbs. Oh, my gosh. Look at Josh Dobbs. And don't forget the last time the Jaguars faced the Titans, week 18 last year. It was him. uh, It was Josh Dobbs. Yeah, it was him. All right, we'll touch on a little bit of the college football playoff and then some final thoughts from you, Coach, uh, on the Jaguars and the Titans. And speaking of, Josh Dobbs Mm -hmm. will officially be the backup in Minnesota this week. It all comes full circle. This is XL Prime Time. (laughs) It's a big hair, heavy metal Friday on XL Primetime. We're getting close to handing it off to the Francis Show. Three o'clock hour come rushing at you. Hopefully everybody's enjoying a Friday afternoon. We know we have here at Players Grill Mandarin, those that have dropped by. We love seeing all of Duval come on in. Enjoy a cold one. Uh, the great menu items that they have here at Players Grill Mandarin. Of course, Miramar and Oakleaf also open and available, but you can definitely make your plans to drop on by and enjoy a cold one here at Players Grill Mandarin. So one of one of the JSO's finest, you know, we're asking for bold predictions, and he basically says, I, I'd like to see on third and one, Coach, I'd like to see Trevor not throw the ball for two yards uh, to the open receiver instead of a 25-yard go route. In other words, convert that third down. Take what is there in front of you. And I'd also like to not see him run on fourth and one. I'll add that uh, to what the sheriff has to say. Yeah, well, I think he's probably right. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I really think that you have yeah. to, you really yeah. have to take, uh, take the profit when yeah. you have it. And yeah. that's what Beathard did this past week. And, and, and that's what Tannehill will try to do, uh, you know, to keep the, keep the drive going, keep, you know, that type of thing. Uh, I, I, I'm hopeful that – I don't know what you've heard about Kirk. I'm hoping that he might be back, Zay Jones. Uh, you know, we're going to throw the ball down the field a little bit more. But when, you got to keep drives going. When you, the whole key to, to winning an offense, in my mind, is to get to third and five or less. Yeah. If you can do that, but you have to convert third and five or less. Own the ball, own the clock. Right. Exactly. Own the clock was the next yeah. thing I was exactly. going to say. Possessing. And then there's got to be enough play action passes that get you the big plays. That's, to me, how offenses should work in this league. You run the ball, you know, get to third and, 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 and short, makeable, make those, and then with the running game, control the play-action pass game. And that's, you know, when you look at all the big plays we've had with Kirk on those deep crossing routes and all that during the course of the year, they're all off of play-action. Throwback, 
uh, corner routes, stuff like that down the field. And as far as the health of those two wide receivers goes, Coach, in case you're just joining us, Doug Peterson sounded optimistic. He said he expects Zay Jones to be out there on Sunday. Christian Kirk, we will know tomorrow by 4 o'clock if they have activated him off IR. I'm going to pull up the exact quote since I know Hayes Carlion tweeted it out. Um, Doug really stressed with Christian Kirk that he – thinks that he's hitting all his benchmarks in terms of straight line speed. Today they'll ramp him up a little bit more, and they need to see more in terms of cutting. And so he'll be a decision for tomorrow if they are going to, you know, elevate him, or I should say activate him off of the reserve injured list. And then if you see that, the odds are good that they feel like he'll play on Sunday. Yeah, I think Zay Jones will play. and I'm not sure on Kirk. I think it's a little quick on Kirk. But, you know, things have happened with that situation before. So, uh, you know, I'm hopeful that we have a full full arsenal going into this ballgame. Yeah, because if you are talking about Trevor operating maybe with a little pain, pain right. threshold question, and then being able to get full extension and accurate, you'd like to have your complement of players. You'd like to have guys Absolutely. that you see and are friendly um, that, hey, Zay, like, let's go make a play. We haven't made one in a while, you know, yep. that type of deal. Yep. And it can breed a little confidence, uh, which would be good. Um, when, when you think about, Overall, like you said, the balance, uh, the being able to run the football is such a key part of this. And then owning that clock, uh, what do you think about our prediction? You and I going over nine sacks for Trayvon Walker. Uh, Matt and Leon were talking about the over-under on sacks against the Titans on Sunday. I put it at four and a half. You're going over or under total. I'm going five. You are? Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's I, this, this is prediction. the 32nd. I'm with Matt 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm on whether we should pressure the quarterback or not. Now, you know, again, sacks are, you know, uh, I'm not 100% sure they're going to get five or six sacks like they did this past weekend. Mm -hmm. We better pressure this quarterback. And and, uh, if that happens, there's a good chance with Tannehill that we can get uh, that high sack number. Do you, how do you expect, given, you know, we ran through the lack of resources at wide receiver, but knowing the tight end in Chiggy Okonkwo, what do you expect to be the passing plan for the Tennessee Titans? I think they're just going to dink and dunk and, and run the football. You know, and I think, uh, you know, Tannehill has the ability to go downfield, but they have to get the running game going to do that in my mind. By the way, not opening it up, huh? Yeah. Last game, not opening it up, throwing it all over the place? No, I don't think so. I think they're going to try to get that uh, big running back one last shot at, at making some things happen. One of the sites I looked at might have yanked this game off uh, of their uh, spreadsheet uh, because of the Ryan Tannehill decision. So, got to keep an eye on that, I'm uh, sure. My bookie did not, though. Yeah, and yeah. guess what? That yeah. line it back up? just yeah. creeped up to four. Yeah, that, I, I don't doubt it. I really don't because it had gone down to three and a half. They didn't quite know. And it'll move more once they know that Trevor uh, is playing. That'll right. be the next decision and, and, and maybe the, the wide receiver uh, factor as well. Uh, college football playoff. Let's at least sneak in a little bit uh, from you uh, before we're done. Uh, Matt's leaning on the defensive side. Not leaning. I just think they're the better team. Yeah, he's saying straight defense is going to win over offense. Me and I are going points. I think J.J. went points as well. Honestly, I like what Washington has done. I think we need to give KDB a lot of credit for what he's been able to do to stress defenses. Alabama stressed, I think, a little bit of Michigan, and I think Washington can do it more. That's going to be an interesting ball game because it is truly uh, offense against defense. Not yeah. that Michigan doesn't do anything offensively. Right. I mean, I think they, they run it yeah, very they, well. They, they are, they're a physical team. It's, yeah. it's almost 
physical against finesse, yeah. Yeah. you know, kind yeah. of yeah. Throw situation. Well, yeah. Michigan can throw it well, and, too. And, and, you know, I think in the really big ball games, physical overcomes finesse. Yeah. And, and that's just maybe my background. Or but, but it, no, it usually rings true. Yeah. It really yep. does. Yep. Think of all your big NFL games. You get a guy, or you get the greatest show on turf. Yep. Uh, you, you let those physical corners play and get away with those calls. Yep. We all know what happened. Yep. Ty Law and company uh, worked. Kurt Warner and company. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, but I think of all the weapons, that tight end in particular for Washington, I just think there are multiple guys that can at least create some pressure and maybe some mismatches. Yeah, that guy from Washington, isn't he the one that was a walk-on that they uh, – had come in there. Is yeah. that the is that the kicker? The guy? Oh yeah. No, I was thinking about the tight end. Yeah, I, but I thought the, it was a yeah, tight end. Yeah, it I'm not sure if he was a walking or not. Okay. But I'm just telling you what that dude was high pointing the football. Oh, yeah. oh and, yeah. and going over the top of, of some of those linebackers yeah, got, or safeties. They've got good firepower over there. And yeah. and uh, it's Terrence Ferguson, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. I for some reason I thought he was a guy that that he came might out have of nowhere. Been. Yeah. But. I may be wrong. Anyway, yeah. my point is that I think the, the physicalness of, of uh, Michigan, I was really impressed with, uh, you know, that that team goes as Corum goes. Right. Yep. Whatever Corum does. It's kind of like I don't, the Titans with Henry. Yeah, and I don't think that they can handle Corum. I think Corum's uh, a special cat, to be uh, honest with you. Since Graham Marsh was just talking about it, our, our boy Spielberg over there here at Players Grill, I'm curious, Coach, from an NFL defensive perspective, Michael Penix Jr., because of the performance he put on against Texas, has moved up in a lot of draft boards as high as number three, if not four, in terms of the quarterbacks behind only Caleb Williams, Drake May, and in some accounts, Jaden Daniels as well. Do you think him being a lefty (laughs) changes his trajectory to the (laughs) National Football League? Or in your opinion, is he a guy who hits people right in between the numbers? It'll translate. You know, that's interesting because I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say everybody's talking about left-hander. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll take Steve Young, and I'll take uh, Brunel, Mm -hmm. and I'll put them on my team today, and I'd probably still be coaching the Cowboys right now. You take a uh, left-handed brew, then a right-handed yeah. quince. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, we're going to wrap our show up and get ready for the Friends show coming up next uh, from Players Grill Mandarin. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com careers. Equal opportunity employer. Let's say hello to the Frangie show as we get ready to hand it off from Players Grill Mandarin. Who we got? It is me, Joe Coward. What's going on, Lauren? How are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? We're doing good, hanging out over here. (laughs) Yes, it is I. Uh, Yes, you guys have been having quite the time. What kind of food did you eat with your cane, Joe? Uh, I... I'm still drinking. I don't my know. Smoothie. He's whining a lot with that I'm cane. I'll drinking, tell you that. <laughs> I'm still drinking my smoothie that TLD made for me this morning. I may find a wing, but right now it's all smoothie. And Matt has accused me of whining more than he did. And no, no, no. What I said was, you guys gave me so much grief for a year about my Achilles, and I kept telling yeah. you, this is like the real thing, man. I, I'm, yeah. in, I'm in pain, and now you have a little pain. I for, and I you for, pull out a grandma cane, listen. and you start hobbling around. This is my old lady cane. You know, then I found okay. Yas and fixed it. Now you guys, this now was, I'm going to give it back to you a little bit. This came out of the lost and found of the church. I don't know what happened to the old lady, but I have it's it It's got now. roses on it, okay? And 
In she this was much, healed, Joe. She was healed. Yeah. She didn't need her cane anymore. <laughs> exactly. But I, I said I had to formally apologize to Matt. So it, it's true. And he's helped me <laughs> as he's brought uh, me gear to uh, kind of get me through this. So, all right, what's going on this afternoon? What do, you, what do you guys got? All that reminds me, by the way, of the man flu. You know, when, when women get sick and they have to just keep doing everything that they've been doing. And then a guy gets sick and he's on the couch and he needs help and all that <laughs> stuff. Can't move. Yeah. Can't so move. the two of you can commiserate. Let's put it That's that because way. Because we have to be on the couch. Yeah. Now. We have, you know, greater things. <laughs> things ahead for us so we have to like rest and relax yes rest and recuperate absolutely yes, well we will continue the jaguars titans conversation of course and, and break down now that ryan Tannehill is starting all that good stuff we've got pete prisco checking in at five o'clock and we've got our final picks to make of the season uh hayes is going to win most likely but either way we're going to make our final picks all right sounds good we'll be listening thanks all right, thank you have a good weekend all right, Frangie's show coming up next. Now, let's do this. Now, today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. My takeaway is that I hope the Jaguars sign a new guy before the game, Mr. Clean, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they need to play a clean game this weekend. And if they do, <laughs> we'll be feeling pretty good. I like where you're going. Day. I like where you're going, Maddie. I'm going with what I've been saying all along, man. You're the better team. You have better players. I don't care who plays quarterback. Go win the game. Couldn't echo those sentiments more. Also want to shout out my friends who we play for. Uh, They are going to be hosting free ECG screenings for all Duval area students tomorrow at the Flex Field. Make sure you log on to whoweplayfor.org to sign on Mm -hmm. and sign up. And they also are offering busing from all our area high schools. So make sure you log on to their website and learn more so you get your heart screening before, of course, you watch a what hopefully won't be too heart-pumping game on Sunday. Right. They won't test your heart, uh, but definitely a good cause there. My takeaway is hit Broadway, okay? And do it uh, and make sure you drop on by Old Red because that's where uh, the young son-in-law is going to be rocking. Uh, so make sure you check it out. Old Red along with everything else up there. Soak it in. It's a good town uh, but not a great football team. We are done. We say thanks to everybody for hanging out with us here or on the air uh, listening wherever you find us. We leave it with uh, you know, with our anthem on Friday and then of course pick John Henderson. So we say thanks to Players Grill Mandarin. Don't forget Phil and Megan. They do a great job here. Miramar and Oakleaf in the fifth quarter will be back here after the Jags win up in Nash Vegas. Joe C, Mio O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Surson, Coach Campo, JJ, take it away. Come on, Joe. That ain't good enough. You gotta step the blood out my mouth. Let's go, baby. Whoa!